Okay, hello, welcome to another episode of Movie Chats 101. We're going to do movie debate. The big movie debate is finally here. Got our three contenders. Uh, same order that we just had our little conversation in. Does everyone introduce, uh, introduce themselves? So in one corner, what do, what do they call it? The left corner or the blue corner? I don't know. <laughs> uh, hello, I'm Alex. Thank you for having me back. It's a pleasure. You're welcome. Um, always welcome. And what what I, I don't really know what I meant to say here, so I'm going to say, I absolutely love films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, and I'm ready to argue my socks off. I'm I'm really excited. I'm I'm ex- I'm, I'm excited. I think I've got some free amazing contenders here. So, uh, so uh, well, it's obviously Sarah. Sarah, say hello. Hi. <laughs> a bit kind of camera shy. Uh, a little bit, I think, or voice try. I don't know. The the alcohol like, needs to like start flowing oh, through yeah, me. I think yeah. you'll tell yeah. in like half an hour or something. Uh, oh, I did this for last time. So Alex did it. Uh, <laughs> Alex did it last time. So uh, I forgot to do it last time. So I, sh- I was trying to make it a regular thing, but I forgot last time. So we'll try again. So uh, whenever <laughs> someone new comes on here, Sarah, what's your favourite film? Oh, that's a very hard question. Instantly forgets every film I've ever watched. Um, I'm going to have to go for Aliens. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, she's, she's trying to win points here. Her favourite film isn't really Aliens. She's Would trying to I win over the judge. That? And lastly, we've got Kaylee. Hi. Uh, yeah, uh, this is a, my first time doing uh, a movie fight or podcast or anything like that so yeah totally new totally uh, what is your favorite film Kaylee? oh uh well it's a, a case of depends what you're in the mood for really but yeah. definitely um time and time again it's always old boy original oh, as well, not remake that was um my first podcast i think that i'm pretty sure that was uh taylor's uh wasn't it? Yeah, it was the other guy that was hosting. It was his favourite. He said not the Josh Brolin one because it, it upsets him very much. It, it is it is probably one of the single most upsetting remakes or films I think I've ever seen. But the original is just a masterclass in, in everything. Cinematography, filmmaking, yep. writing, yep. the works. It's ugh. Well, we will be doing a podcast uh, slow, just on Old Boy in, in the future. It is planned where we just mm. talk nothing but Old Boy and how good the film is and and just get into our kind of uh, uh, opinions of it. Uh, I was going to try, I wanted to try and find someone that doesn't like it to bring on, but I've yet to find someone that doesn't <laughs> like Old Boy. So I feel like that's a good sign, really. Um, I shouldn't, I don't know if I can say this or not, but I'm going to say it anyway. Have been, had messaged an actor to come on as well on the podcast. They haven't got back to me yet, but his co star I was talking to about a Comic Con. Um, so hopefully they'll get back to me. Um, I kind of want to say who it is, but I'm not going to say who it is. Um, <laughs> I did not. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, moving on. So, movie debates. There's going to be five rounds here. Obviously, they've all prepared their questions beforehand. Uh, no matter what I think is the correct answer, I'm going to be completely um, unbiased. Uh, and it's just going to all go on the debate who's got the most passion, who's got the most facts. Who slams the other person's movies uh, or ideas the most um, without any kind of 
nastiness at the same time as well. Um, if it does go through, so obviously after a certain time, there will be someone that will go out, but they can con continue playing or help me judge at the same time. And don't, you know, whatever they kind of floats their boat. And then we'll go on to a quick speed round kind of thing. So a little bit like Screen Junkies have done, but, you know, uh, we behave ourselves uh, here, uh, <laughs> unlike Screen Junkies. Um, but less said about that, the better. Uh, round one, uh, sound effects insert here. Ding, 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 ding. This is where we hold them. This is where we fight. This is where they die. And the shield boys. Remember this day, man. For it will be yours for all time. Before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Rule number one, no touching of the hair or face. Of course. And that's it. Now let's do this. Are we going to stand around here all day? Or are we going to fight? Hey, round one, it is so who should get their own Lego movie? So obviously you've got the Batman, uh, Leg Lego Batman uh, film, which is incredible. Um, it is actually probably one of the better Batman films there are. Um, so starting with Alex, who have you chosen? Uh, well, I was thinking about, uh, very hard actually, about what um, the best route to go down with this would be. Um, and I think... One of the best things about the original Lego movie is how, just how full of different characters it is. Um, and I landed on Harry Potter. Now, the reason I've landed on Harry Potter is because it's one of the, um, the franchises that does have its own Lego sets and Lego games but it hasn't actually had anything in the film world to, to do with it. Um, and my idea on uh, how it would work is that it would kind of be like a celebration of British cinema, family British cinema. So you would have, it, you know, it'd be set in Hogwarts, it'd be set in the Wizarding World at Hogwarts or whatever, but you'd also have like, you know, characters like Mr. Bean, Wallace and Gromit, um, you know, you'd have like the doctor coming through, you'd have um, James Bond, just basically this big like event of just loads of different uh, British cinema characters coming together and just having a, 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 a fun time. Okay. I, 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 it's a, I like your pick. I like the, the pitch as well. Uh, Sarah, 
Oh, mine already sounds like so pale in comparison. <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to be fighting it. Come on, let's go. Passion. Right. So I have gone for Guardians of the Galaxy because we all know if you've seen Guardians of the Galaxy just how hilarious it is, how like down to earth it is because if you've not seen it basically you need to watch it because you're missing out um it's great for the family because you've obviously got Groot and Rocky which kids relate to but then you've also got the sarcasm of Drax who should always for the rest of time just be played by Dave Bautista and then you have got the fact that it's grossed so much just from like the two movies and it's just a really great franchise to be honest awesome okay kaylee on to yourself yeah uh so i've also gone with a superhero type theme but i've kept it in the dc world and i've gone with aquaman um my idea and logic being that it would be literally a fish out of water style story so uh, a dude who has gone to, you know, from an underwater world to a dry land world, you know, big dreamer has these high hopes of being a successful superhero in the real world, um, you know, being alongside his idols like Superman and Batman and so on. But obviously his powers just being that little bit, you know, useless, in <laughs> like a dry land type of world. So imagine something a bit like um, the deep from the boys, but, you know, innocent <laughs> less less kind of like sordid and things like that so it'd be a lot of him trying to uh get himself into the justice league and prove himself as a valid superhero but obviously he's just uh you know a bit slapstick a bit silly um a bit useless and it's about him coming to terms with who he is and then you know eventually he does redeem himself and does become successful once the superheroes themselves have been captured by Black Manta, he really finds his time to like shine and become that superhero he's always wanted to be. Um, so it's a bit like a, uh, uh, you know, fish out of water story, small time kid hero kind of guy becoming something and successful and proving himself in front of his idols. Okay, fight then. Let's go. Uh, who's going to take the range of going after each other's uh, thing first? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> like although although I do absolutely adore um, you know like Harry Potter and the Harry Potter world and what you said about like being able to draw in all of those um, British kind of pop culture references and you know the, the British staples and icons like Mr Bean and things like that. Um, the problem there being is that you know it's distinctly British and it, whether it would be able to reach like a mass audience you know like a lot of children wouldn't know who Mr Bean is or you know be 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 aware of those kinds of British staples like it's a problem that Aardman have whereby they are you know amazing once you're an adult you can understand those references and see the fun of it but you know a lot of children don't really kind of get it and so it goes way over their head so maybe a harry potter lego universe thing might not appeal to mass audiences uh first of all i think it's rude to assume that um that people don't know who mr bean is um, <laughs> everybody knows who mr bean is mr bean is a very classic character and um, mr bean's holiday is one of the best films of all time uh, that's a lie uh, <laughs> um <laughs> No, I, I mean, I think where it would lie more 
often than not is with the Harry Potter characters because <clears throat> that is something that is on more of a global scale. Um, and see, the thing is, like with uh, the Lego movie and the Lego Batman movie, is obviously they're very Americanized, but it's still, I feel like it's still resonated with a British audience. And I feel like <laughs> also Americans seem to be a little bit obsessed with British culture as well, especially the royal family and things like that. Um, so I feel like even though they wouldn't necessarily understand it, I feel like they'd be intrigued, intrigued enough to buy a ticket to go and watch it, if, if I'm being really honest. Um, but yeah, it would definitely stay with with um, the main characters of Harry Potter the most, because obviously that's the thing that, that the most people know about. Who's jumping in here then? Anyone, Sarah? So if if you were going to go for like this Harry Potter Lego movie, like what sort of time like would you be looking at would you be looking at when they were kids like a story not included in like the main yeah saga I, think, or... I think it would probably be separate from any kind of um any of the the actual main stories in the harry potter universe um because i mean with things like um lego batman and and the lego movies you kind of you accept that it's a bit fantastical it's a bit kind of out of the ordinary and i think the thing is as well is you kind of accepting that especially with the lego movie is that it's just a kid playing with his toys in the real world so literally anything can happen um and i think that's why i suppose it, why it works well with anything because it's completely down to your own imagination and where things might go and where things might do they might go on an adventure with uh, mary poppins um, you know, or they'll, <laughs> or you know, um, they might uh, find themselves in the TARDIS or whatever, you know, um, and it would just be a completely separate thing. But it would have obviously its own, its own story. So, what would you guys say uh, in regards to getting a bit more? Obviously, we've heard a lot about the Harry Potter thing, but what would for example, yourself, Kaylee and Alex, what would you, obviously, one after the other, what, what is your opinion in regards to why the Guardians of the Galaxy wouldn't work over your idea? My concern would be with the Guardians of the Galaxy thing is that it's already been explored and done with the, um, you know, the actual Marvel films themselves. They're already comedic. They're already, you know, well-written and, 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 you know, they've been fleshed out as characters quite a bit. So, like, you know, younger audiences and, and I'm, I'm, I refer back to children a lot because obviously Lego movies are targeted primarily towards children, although they're thoroughly enjoyable by, you know, adults and things alike because they have, you know, adult humor in them. But children can already very much access, um, you know, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff and enjoy the humor in it and the characters and the fun that it brings. Um, whereas Aquaman, the only kind of iteration we have of Aquaman, Aquaman at the moment is the you know the Jason Momoa one which you know it, it, it was limp <laughs> it was it was trying to make something cool that isn't necessarily cool um I mean we look at old-fashioned Aquaman and he is still a joke of a superhero so the idea is bringing that joke to children and making it you know accessible for them and and you know instead of trying to make him cool and awesome 
bringing it down and stripping it down to that comedic value and just making him like a bit of a laughing stock and exploring that character in a different way. Um, and I think the Lego franchise and the Lego, you know, movie style, especially with the way that they're written, is perfectly perfect for someone like Aquaman. You take the Batman movie, for example, and how they made a bit of a laughing stock of Batman himself. Imagine the fun you could have with Aquaman. It'd just be hilarious. But I think, yeah, I think as well, um, I, one of the best things about the Lego movies is that it's it's very easy to sort of insert any kind of character from anywhere, like with, um, you know, something like Harry, like a Lego Harry Potter movie, it wouldn't be out of the ordinary for, for the Doctor to show up or something like that, just because it's Lego, anything can happen. Whereas I think with Guardians of the Galaxy is that they're kind of already their own, like, band of, of superheroes and they kind of sort of do their own thing. So maybe it wouldn't have that kind of uh, universality that the Lego movies have where if even if there's something in it that you, you that you might not be a fan of, you know that actually further down the line you might see something that you are a fan of and that's why that's what makes watching the film worth it. Whereas with the Guardians of the Galaxy, if you're not a fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy then Okay, Sarah, I wanna hear a little bit from yourself in regards to why I've heard obviously what you said about Harry Potter. Why would you say that the Aquaman film wouldn't work more than your Guardians of the Galaxy idea? Mainly because like they've already done a DC character, they've done Batman. Yes, the movie was brilliant, but does Aquaman really resonate with enough people to warrant making a movie over it like because for me i haven't actually watched aquaman i won't watch it but that's just for personal reasons for actresses who just shouldn't be part of things um <laughs> but with the guardians of the galaxy they're a well-established band of weirdos if you will in the marvel cinematic universe there could be so many different routes that you could go down with storylines for them. It doesn't necessarily have to be in terms of like the Infinity Saga and things like that. Okay. It's just so many different routes you could go down. But with Aquaman, he's just a man that was in water being on land. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> I like, I like those ones. Just before I let you guys do your final points, I want to get one bit of thing from yourselves, all of you. So obviously with your one, so with Harry Potter, um, so to make it a bit easier, narrow it down, so we'll just do uh, Harry Potter, Ron and Hermione. Who, who are you going to get to play them as voice actors? And then for yourself, who are you going to get to play Guardians of the Galaxy? And then for yourself, who would you choose to do the voice for Aquaman? Now, are you going to go for... You know, I don't, and, I don't know if you've ever heard of these actors. Um, they've, they've done a few things, not nothing too big, but uh, Daniel Radcliffe, Emma Watson, and Rupert Grint. <laughs> You're just going to go straight in with them, yeah? <laughs> yeah. I mean, why not? They're there. Yeah. It may, they may as well. And then for yourself, Sarah? Um, I feel like I'd want the same actors to play them, but play different characters. So it's like Chris Pratt could be Rocket, that sort of thing, because I think having okay, so that would bring like bit. an extra level of amusement to people. Okay. Uh, and then for yourself, Kaylee. 
So yeah, um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, but um, Bill Hader, who plays Flint Lockwood himself, <laughs> I, th I think his voice, it's its that little bit nerdy and that little bit like um, innocent enough and, and you know, feeble and not, not to call him out and say he's feeble or anything like that, but his voice is like gentle enough to be able to play a slapstick uh, comedic kind of Aquaman who is, you know, um, not too sure of himself and, you know, is, is trying to be something that he's not in that sense. So but I would have someone like Bill Hader. If it's animation, though, um, he'll never be able to top his performances theory and inside out. So that's. <laughs> So final, final little bit to get any little bit in here that you think will change my mind. So you can go after another film if you want to uh, weaken someone else's case, or you can just strengthen your case in regards to why you think, you know, someone's got here with a bag full of money. Some producers got a bag full of money. They've got to pick one of these films. You got to sell it to them or you got to say, no, you shouldn't choose that film because, you know, well, I just wanted to say one thing about the Aquaman um, film, uh, and it adds on to um, the point made before, that uh, obviously it has been done before with Batman, So, um, and the DC characters have been in these films. Like, you obviously get Superman quite a fair bit in the, in the Batman movie, and you also... Uh, they're also all in the Lego movie as well, and it kind of feels like maybe all the jokes will have been done before... Um, all the it would be kind of the same beat for beat, and it's like you don't want to, you don't really want to make the same movie. Um, in terms of you know the, all the all the characters having already been there. Yeah. Okay. Sarah, final thoughts. Um, I mean, in terms of like Lego Harry Potter, you've got all of them pretty much as a game that you can play. Why do you need a movie? Okay. Uh, and final <laughs> thoughts from Kaylee. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm going to go back to what Alex said about the characters um, already being there, but that would be the crux of the whole Aquaman thing. It would be a case of him being the core and the thing that brings together the Justice League in some weird kind of way. And all I can say for and justification for you know an Aquaman film is just think of a cute little montage whereby Aquaman's trying to save people with fish-based powers and it not working in a Metropolis-style city. Like just visual, vision, like picture that in your head and visualize it. It would be hilarious. Like you know, trying to capture his goldfish and you know them not working. You know, trying to throw fish at people. It just you know little Lego fish flying everywhere. You know, it'd be. I think it would be pretty funny. Ding, ding, ding! End of first round. Well done, everyone. Strong arguments from everyone. That's uh, uh being, being a judge is actually hard. You know. You know, having just to sit here and not do much, to be fair. Um, <laughs> you all made really good arguments. And there are a couple of things where certain people have gone in front. So for me, you're all on par. Uh, you're all on par. And I liked the fact that obviously, you know, for yourselves, you pick the same actors. I liked how you chose someone different. I could actually uh, picture Bill Hader. And then one of the things that Sarah did say a little bit where with the Harry Potter one, as much as I would like to see that, she did say, oh, well, there's a game. You can, why not just go and play the game? And there's, yeah, I, I know. There's a Lego Batman <laughs> game as well. There is. There's there a Lego is. Marvel superhero game as well. There is. There, <laughs> there is completely. I don't. I just, I know. I, I agree with that. That kind of threw things a little bit for me, but I liked all your choices. But in all honesty, 
I kind of want to see the Aquaman one, if I'm completely honest. And it was tough. You're all on that. You're all like like that throughout <laughs> the thing, going at each other. Um, I like the tribute. I also like the tribute of the British cinema. I thought that was really good. Um, and then for yourself, Sarah, I liked uh, the fact that you were going to just like, for example, put like Chris Pratt as Drac, uh, not a uh, rocket, and then, you know, mix it around a little bit. It would have been funny if you put Dave Dave Batista as a uh, Gomorrah. I thought that would have been quite <laughs> funny. Uh, just a complete, like, switch up there. You all did really well. It was all very strong. It, the, 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 I think the bit that clenched it for me was Bill had choosing Bill Hader as a kind of a good choice, uh, where, like, for example, like with yourself, Alex, I like you chose the same actors, but if you turned around to me and said, Nicholas Cage, John Travolta, and like fucking like <laughs> like someone like I can't think of a bad female actress. Um, oh, what's that one that's really hard to work with? Catherine Hagel, is it? Catherine <laughs> Hagel. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, that's that's just hilarious. Or, or, or the one from Twilight. What's the name from Twilight? Oh, Christian, <laughs> oh, Christian Stewart. Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I should have yeah. picked Twilight. God damn. <laughs> Let's see. That would have been a good one. Uh, or if you had chosen like. Uh, Robert Patterson to be Harry Potter instead. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, they're all good. All well done. So uh, first point goes to yourself, Kaylee. Well done. Yay. Um, let's, let's, let's see if we can get a bit harder of this one. Uh, okay. Uh, so round two, ding, ding, ding. Add sound effects here. Um, hopefully in the editing part of it, I can do that. <laughs> I don't think I can, though, to be honest. So you just have to... Let me, let ding, me see ding, I, ding works better, to be fair. I, I, I think the ding, ding, ding is good. Let me see. Is there an yeah. app on my phone that does a, I, uh, a I like ding, the, ding, ding? I like the self-insert ding, ding, dings. Yeah. <laughs> Where is it? Oh, my gosh. What's happening to my phone? Uh, 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 stop messaging me. I had to take my hat off. I was getting too hot. Yeah, I had to do that as well. <laughs> I just typed in ding dong by accident and it's come up with things that I don't want to say. Yeah. Um, I just ding. get the little girl on this morning um, going bing, bong, bing. <laughs> bing, bong. <laughs> bing, bong, bing. <laughs> a big gong at the side. Yeah. Oh, here we go. I think I found. There you go. Hey. There we go. I'm going to pause that and keep that for future reference. Round two. Now, I suppose for this one, this is more of a, well, I suppose it's it's more of a, uh, I think everyone normally will have a different answer. Uh, and I, I've, you know, I've completely forgotten what you've all picked because uh, I was going to make a comment that most people probably pick like Batman. Like, oh, I just want to be Batman. Like, why would you want to be Batman? Your parents are dead, mate. Boring. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> the same answer over again. And then Superman. Superman. Now, I have a fear about Superman before we get into this round. Superman, I don't believe, is a superhero. He's an alien. So. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Um, I was putting my middle fingers up, by the way, then, uh, for <laughs> listeners. Uh, as I, you know, as it is. Okay. Uh, so, Kaylee, you won the round last time. So, do you want to go first? So, same again. Uh, what you who you're choosing why you're choosing that uh and then we'll go round and then we'll we'll want to do it this time let's yeah let's let's hear let's uh hear some passionate arguments <laughs> without making each other cry right um I know, I know, and you, you going back to what you just said about Superman not technically being a superhero he's an alien um but the person I've chose is not technically a superhero either, though she comes in under that umbrella. So I am going to go for Catwoman. Um, 
purely because oh, she's just everything that a female like super villain kind of character should be she's a femme fatale she's cunning smart cold cold sexy you know she is the embodiment of like a sleek cat she's absolutely fantastic and even though like what she lacks in actual you know superpowers and super prowess she more than makes up for with her ability to like manipulate and get what she wants and use her smarts to be able to assess in a situation and know when to fight and when not to fight so definitely for me it would be Catwoman. I'm never going to look at Cat another way and uh, the same way again after you just described cats <laughs> like that. <laughs> sexy sexy cats <laughs> <laughs> one year without sex and i start looking at cats a different way i mean all you have to do is put on the uh the musical film that'll oh, kill the, any the... sexual desires you have for cats so it's fine <laughs> I, I, I i yeah let's not go down the route of bestiality or worse there's a worse route to go down than bestiality and that's the james corden route let's not go down there i'd rather be a bestiality whatever the fucking word is than a james corden fan i mean gavin and stace is good uh james but if you listen to this you're probably not but you know stop making films um sorry mate just you know you're just shit at your job aren't you man like fuck it. you're just as bad as pierce morgan just have to end no no sorry i take that back actually pierce morgan's a <laughs> Um, moving on, Sarah, <laughs> what is your pick? <laughs> um, so again, I chose someone that's not necessarily classed as a superhero, but I went for Mystique from the X-Men universe. Um, I mean, she has the ability to change into absolutely anyone. What more would you want? You could do anything by being anyone. If you wanted to turn yourself into Donald Trump, you could. I mean, I don't think people are going to be going down that route uh, anytime soon. Um, I think that's the last person. (laughs) (laughs) For argument's sake, though, it could be something that for some weird reason she'd want to do. She's like a deep fake superhero. Oh, so Trump? it's actually not Trump that's been doing this uh, stuff recently. It's Mystique. (laughs) <laughs> who knows i bet he comes out of that excuse anyway moving away from politics because uh that's not what we are my hair is really curly now great awesome um so i was unplatting my hair just there for people that can't see camera uh alex are you choosing uh my choice is um and this superhero has very quickly become one of my favorites um especially in the marvel cinematic universe um and that is scarlet witch now, literally, all I have to say is she is the most powerful superhero, like, ever. Like, there is nobody more powerful than her. She can literally warp reality. You can do whatever. You want to change into somebody else? That's You can do that. You want to... I mean, you could literally snap Earth out of existence if you wanted to. You could just get rid of it. I mean, it's what it deserves. No, um... But, like, I... I've been thinking about this on a more mundane level, okay? I'm a very lazy person. Um, and if I could just bring a pizza into reality right now, I would do it. I, I would do that. I would get that superpower in just, you know, a click. I, I, I would absolutely love it. Deliveroo can do that, though. <laughs> but it takes 
40 minutes, you could just do it instantly. <laughs> you don't even have to stand up to let to go and have awkward small talk with the delivery driver. You just straight <laughs> up pizza on your table. It's done. So exactly. yeah, I think the thing about Scarlet Witch is just that it, her, the possibilities are endless. She can literally do anything. Um, and it means that Vision gets to be my husband, so what more could you want? <laughs> I mean, they're definitely free women that I would choose, but for different reasons. <laughs> uh, that's not the kind of subject we're going to get onto at the moment. No, let's just uh, save that for after the podcast. Um, so let's jump into it. Uh, Kaylee, do you want to jump in there? Do you have anything to say about either of those two and why yours is better? Um, I mean... I, uh, to be honest it is hard to say how Catwoman would be better than Mystique because Mystique is a fantastic you know uh, female superhero the fact that she can be anybody or be anything um, is is amazing but the issue with Mystique is that she can only be that person visually she can't match their athleticism she can't match their um, you know their powers or their prowess in any kind of way she is just visually them so she, though she has like the work the ability to like manipulate the world in a sense like if she was to embody someone like trump she could shape a whole country to see things the way she wants to see them to see it you know if he's able to do it then she could do it as well <laughs> but you know if she was up against a superhero in a sense she would struggle um you know her like i say her athleticism it might not be as strong as others with uh, Scarlet Witch, so that would be my my main major criticism of of Mystique. Um, my to be honest, my only criticism of her, to be fair. Um, with Scarlet Witch, the biggest one I've got there is the fact that her big weakness is love. You know, if you can tap into that and exploit that, which Catwoman would, she would know this and she would be ruthless enough to go not after Scarlet Witch because she knows she's strong. She's stronger than her, but she would attack the thing that she's weakest with and that is love. So she would find a way to get at Vision, either, you know, have him destroyed by somebody else, like one of the many supervillains that she's manipulated, or she would manipulate him herself or, you know, seduce him in true Catwoman style. And then that would break Scarlet Witch easier than any physical attack potentially could. So that would be my two major criticisms of those, those two particular superheroes. Who's jumping on the next one? I mean, then? easily exploitable, I, I might admit. However, you do that, I, I, again, like, I find out that it was you, and that's it for you. You're over. It's it's done. It's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, I personally, for Mystique, in my thing, I think being able to be whoever you wanted um, would be would be pretty fun. And you would make Donald Trump look like the world's strongest man. Um, <laughs> however, in my opinion, it would get quite boring quite quickly. I feel like it's one of those things where once you've done it a couple times, once you've done once you've done it once, it's like the novelty wears off. You can only do it so much until you know you turn it into something and you're like, "Oh, this isn't doing it for me anymore." It's, it's not fun anymore. And I feel like I would get bored very quickly if I, if I was Mystique. As for Catwoman, I mean, she's just a petty thief. Nothing more. She's terrible. <laughs> she, uh, she's the Robin Hood of Gotham. <laughs> a petty thief. She is a petty thief. Um, and 
I I don't think I think Catwoman is probably the last person I would choose in the Batman kind of circle to be. Um, I mean, I I really can't think off the top of my head if she's done anything else other than like be sexy and steal things. Do you need anything more? <laughs> oh, I mean, I don't know, really. <laughs> what more could you want? <laughs> I mean, to, to be, be a to be a well-rounded character in more than ninety percent of the films she's ever been in. <laughs> I mean, to 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 be fair, this is a you know that the the movie uh, interpretations of Catwoman are somewhat weak, though there is hope and faith with the new Catwoman. I thought the one that Halle uh, the Halle Berry one she won an Oscar for. I mean, I know I'm not supposed to put my two cents in. I'm the judge, but. <laughs> Uh, less said about that one the better though um, the original uh, you know the Tim Tim Burton Catwoman uh, from Batman Returns I I believe Uh, I always get Batman Returns and the original Batman muddled up but I think it's Batman Returns Um, what what, like a feminist comeback that is like we always hear about like feminist representations of characters in films and you know especially now in modern day films you know it, it falls flat on its face so much but with actual Catwoman from that you know it's a woman that's downtrodden she's you know treated badly by men she's you know always under the thumb of of some powerful man and then you know she gets pushed to the edge and then she reclaims that kind of ownership of being a woman and just fights back and that is just cool as sin you've got to ask yourself is there a batman movie that passes the vegetal test uh... <laughs> i mean i don't think so <laughs> sarah i haven't heard anything from yourself Let, oh, let's i'm just i'm stuff. just quite happily letting these two argue it's quite no well, you need to argue as well <laughs> mate come on <laughs> Let, let's get going. Why is yours better than uh, than um, than a uh, Scarlet Witch and Catwoman? Catwoman killer nine times. Jobs are good in. <laughs> <laughs> End of story. In terms of Scarlet Witch, yes, she can warp reality. You can make a pizza appear. That's fine. But with Mystique, you can cause so much mischief so much mayhem you can ruin lives you can make lives you can basically do whatever you want to do at any point and for me that's just like a really awesome thing that you could possibly do okay final thoughts from everyone uh going around again you know i want to hear a little bit more in regards to why yours the best choice there could be if you have all these people to pick from and you've picked this person because i mean besides the fact that she can literally do whatever she wants you could literally do whatever you want and i think that is the biggest plus side um but it's also the fact that um with scarlet witch um, especially in the Marvel, so if we're going off the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is she is she's friends with all the good guys. She has, she has Iron Man, Captain America. She has all the Avengers, right? She is part of the good guys. Mystique, questionable. Catwoman, questionable. But you get to be best friends with all of these people. You get to go on missions with Captain America. What are you doing if you're Catwoman? being beat up by Batman for stealing a diamond. What are you doing if you mistake being called by Magneto for going doing something silly? 
I mean, I know what I would prefer to do. Okay, Kaylee, final thoughts. Who really wants to be a good guy? I mean, come on. You want to you keep it somewhat ambiguous and blurred between the lines of good and bad. You want to play both sides. You want to be a good guy when it suits you and you want to be a bad guy when it suits you. Whatever you want, you get. And that's what Catwoman does. She gets what she wants. And, you know, if she wanted to be friends with Scarlet Witch and use her for what she wanted to, she could do. If she wanted to bring down Mystique, she could do. She's the master of her own destiny and you know like we we go back to to what we were saying before about scarlet witch being able to do whatever she wants it get boring what what is there to fight for in life if you've got everything you ever want you know catwoman is always striving for new things trying to get new heights and get get what it is that she wants so she's always got a fight to be doing and something to to go with her life scarlet witch gets what she wants um boring eventually uh, but, you know, it, it, the harder thing is, is Mystique, because Mystique is, you know, she's on par with Catwoman. She is equally as cool and manipulative and, you know, cunning and things like that. But again, she hasn't got the physical capabilities that Catwoman has. And it, ultimately, which one gets to sleep with Batman? It's definitely Catwoman, time and time again. Lucky uh, <laughs> Sarah, final thoughts from yourself. I mean, I don't really think Mystique would be the kind of person that would sleep with Batman, um, regardless of which iteration of Batman you want to go for. I mean, if she wants to sleep with whoever, fair play to her. But in terms of Mystique, she is good at playing both sides of the field. Yes, she can be around Magneto. She can give as good as she can get in fights when she's just her normal self. She is also good at playing the good guys as well, like she did in the movies with James McAvoy. It's easy for her to just play both sides and be just her sassy, manipulative self. Okay, well done. End of round. Uh, you all gave like very passionate arguments, to be fair. For me, there is a clear winner. Uh, we will get onto that in just a second. I'm going to run through some feedback that I thought. So, how no one went against Catwoman for the fucking awful film Catwoman is beyond <laughs> me. It got, I think it won and got nominated for a Razzie the same yep. year that she got nominated for an Oscar. I think we've just all forgotten that it exists because it's yeah. better just burying and mm. never remembering that film. That was shot so badly. Uh, I did like how you mentioned Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, well, you didn't say Michelle Pfeiffer, but the, obviously Batman Returns, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, yeah, that's a really cool Catwoman. I think I personally think that's a really good Batman film myself. Um, if it, you know, Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy is very, really, really good. But I think you know, uh, with return, with for me, Batman Returns. Um, Tim Burton had like a kind of vision where he was going. Uh, and, and again, uh, obviously I'm looking forward to the new Batman film, uh, but I don't know if anyone can outdo Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Like it's just perfect casting choice. <laughs> the only other person that I've ever thought could do it would have been Philip Seymour Hoffman, um, yeah. RIP. He would have been absolutely the best choice. Uh, so that was good. One of the things you did say that you kept saying in regards to um, Mystique and uh, Catwoman, obviously Catwoman being more, I don't know. I was able to fight, and I'm gathering you were meaning like flexible and shit. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. I they're both the same. They're <laughs> yeah. both the same. They're both flipping around doing stupid shit all the time. Yeah. Um, I did like as well with Mystique how you were talking about uh, you because you for ages it was just like on oh, Mystique's a victim. Mystique's kind of a bit of a bit of a bitch to Magneto, but then you brought up the whole uh, James McAvoy movies, which was good. Um, I'm just running through. I'm running through all my notes. I, I went. I went through all my notes. Uh, but then obviously Alex did say that Mystique would get boring fast, and I can kind of see that you'd kind of get a bit bored of it fast. Um, and then uh, moving on to Alex. Alex had the better argument. Alex does get the point in this round. He was just passionate from the the minute go with uh, Scarlet uh, Witch. The thing that no one said, which you might have been able to win here a, a little bit, is um, if you had talked a little bit in regards to the comics, because correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure she kind of like, she goes a bit crazy, doesn't she? And she just goes and says, no more mutants. And then like all the mutants go, if if someone picked up on that and was like, well, she's basically like a fucking atomic bomb for mutants. She's a bit <laughs> of a fucking loony. Then it would have pushed out Alex's argument. But yeah, I would like to, I mean, I'd like to choose all three women uh, again, but obviously Alex, uh, picked the better <laughs> argument. You all did very good arguments, actually, and you went after each other's uh, very good. Uh, what it came down to, truthfully, is Catwoman and Mystique are basically the same person. Yeah, they are very similar. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, and then obviously with uh, you know, I don't like Halle Berry's a bit of a. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to move on from that anyway. Uh, okay. This is the big one here. I think this is the one where it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna. There's a lot of people when they're gonna be listening to this, gonna be questioning. Uh, it's the age-old debate. So there's the bell again, ding, 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 or ding dong. Not the uh, Will Ferrell song that came with the fire saga thingy. Don't need to talk about that. It's a bad film. Uh, la la, ding dong, whatever it's called. Um, okay. It's the age-old question man's been asking since the dawn of time, back in the <laughs> a long time. Um, the, what is the best Star Wars film? Now, obviously, the real answer to this is Attack of the Clones. You know, <laughs> powerful storytelling. I don't know what you mean. The, of Clone, Wars, the, Clones. the Clone Wars animated movie from 2003, I think. Is, yeah, is the best yeah. I mean, Attack, you know, Attack, Attack of the Clones, you know, it has romance uh sand uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh god i fucking hate attack the clone so much oh it doesn't have a single good scene in it attack the clones is so bad as a star wars film uh oh it's so bad uh at least with phantom menace that has the fight scene at the end which is good um i mean you know and at least revenge of the sith has grand general grievous uh in the regards to the prequels uh but we're not gonna we're gonna forget about the script of the younglings oh god the younglings <laughs> <sighs> awful <laughs> enough about the prequels though uh we've got i i think from what i'm gathering we've got a little bit from most of the ones i don't think anyone's chosen any of the prequels from what i remember but we've got some new uh and some old so it's going to be very interesting actually to uh 
for this debate because uh, I'm going to have to go off argument because I don't know if I agree with any of them, to be fair. Uh, <laughs> I suppose that's a good thing in a way. I suppose yeah. that's good, um, you, you can like take it off of our, our merit, the merit of our arguments. Yeah, I'm going to have to just uh, put aside the disappointment I had on the midnight screening of one of the films. Um, but, you know, is what it is. I'm, I'm, I'm clearing up my mind now. It's all about the argument. Yeah. So, Alex won last time, so Alex is going to jump in there straight away. <laughs> I ben. won last time because I know I'm going to lose this time. <laughs> 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 I would like to uh, preface this with, I'm going to make my argument and then voluntarily leave the Star Wars fandom for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> because this is, I think, at the moment, potentially one of the most unpopular opinions in the Star Wars fandom. And that is that The Last Jedi is the best Star Wars film. And... Cue that silence there. Then. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> silence. The silence. I know. You can cut that tension oh, with a bit oh, of God. cheese. So... I feel like my best arguments will probably come out of counter-arguing other people's things later on but the last jedi for me um so i quite like the sequel trilogy i thought the force awakens was quite good even though it's kind of beat for beat a new hope um it was still fun it was still great to watch and i think after watching the force awakens you go into the last jedi kind of thinking all right it's time for something different it's time for to be propelled into a new era properly because it, it it just felt like it was time. And in my opinion, that is exactly what Ryan Johnson did. Uh, there is a quote from The Last Jedi um, and it, it's uh, Luke and Luke says this to Ray and it's, this isn't going to go the way you think. And that is literally the entirety of The Last Jedi. Like there are, there are so many twists and so many turns in it. And it works so incredibly well. And I'll never forgive J.J. Abrams um, for writing the trash script of The Rise of Skywalker um, that essentially retcons half of the stuff that Ryan Johnson set up in The Last Jedi that worked so incredibly well. Um, not only that, uh, because obviously it was made more recently, it was 2017. I mean, it is the most... I will have no other word on it, is the most impeccable looking Star Wars film. It is beautiful. The planets, the sets, uh, the visual effects, just everything. You are not telling me that Kray isn't one of the most beautiful planets that we have seen in the Star Wars universe when they are on those land speeders uh, cutting across to go over to the um, uh, the cannon that's going to break through uh, the wall um, and the, the salt is riding up and you see the red and it just looks so beautiful um and there's just so many wonderful bits and it doesn't rely too much on the nostalgia i mean we do get yoda um which is such a wonderful moment um but it's something new and a lot of people complained that it was too different but it's like when you complain that the force awakens is too similar like are you ever going to be happy like do you know what i mean but anyway I will argue further, but that's my opening statement, as long as it was. Okay. Uh, Sarah, what are you choosing? So, I've gone for Return of the Jedi. Just because, personally to me, 
it is the best one. It's the best out of all of these options, really. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, I don't even know where to begin because, like, I literally watched this earlier on today and it's probably the one film out of them all that I do watch the most in terms of re-watching. I feel like it's a film that I can just pick up and just watch without having to actually watch episode four and episode five. Um, but it's just the perfect ending to the sequels. And to me, it just, with the ending, it didn't really, in my opinion, need seven, eight and nine. Perfect. Okay. Um, so, Kaylee, for yourself. Oh, let me just. Uh, I nearly fell over then, uh, as you do. <laughs> oh my God, it's getting hot in here now. Complain about the heating earlier on. Okay, Kaylee, we're jo <clears throat> jumping on to you now. Then, um, what are you choosing, and why? So, um, I'm coming at this from an angle of somebody who, admittedly, isn't a Star Wars fan. I can appreciate the fandom and appreciate what it is that they brought to the world and to sci-fi as a, as a genre. Um, but in terms of what I see as being a good film, I struggle to find many in the Star Wars franchise that I can watch and enjoy enjoy them thoroughly obviously uh, that you, you know that the original um star wars films i grew up with and you know the, the toys and everything like that so i'm familiar with star wars but for me as, as someone who is somewhat of an outsider i would personally say that my favorite or the best star wars film would be uh rogue one um because it is a film that is based deeply within the Star Wars uh, universe, but does something completely different with it and makes it so that Star Wars is accessible for not only fans, but also people who aren't necessarily fans as well. Um, it picks up on the nostalgia. It picks up on those, you know, those fan favorite things like the, the um, you know, the AT-ATs and things like that and Darth Vader and so on. Um, but it doesn't lean too heavily on them. It is still a film that works on its own inside the Star Wars universe and is accessible for fans of the universe and people who are not necessarily fans as well. So I would go with Rogue One as the best Star Wars film. Okay, perfect. So let's uh, jump straight in there. Uh, who wants to jump in there first? I think Sarah, I think you should jump in there first. Let's let's hear it. Why is yours better than others? Uh, whose uh, is an awful decision of a choice? I mean, all three of these films I've had on my list, all three of them are films that I really enjoy. But for me, Return of the Jedi is just the best one out of the options because it's the culmination of the original three Star Wars movies that was released. There's so much that happened. You've got the Ewoks, which is a very questionable thing. People love them, people hate them. This is such a divide. But personally, I like them. The small, the cute, and my friend will never forgive me if I don't bring this up. But when I was in Paris with my friend, we were watching Star Wars in French and 
Return of the Jedi was the film that we watched and she hadn't seen any of them and she cried when she saw a baby Ewok. (laughs) She cried and when I was watching it earlier on today I sent her the video of it and she cried again. (laughs) I don't blame her. (laughs) It's not it's not only got like the the softest side of things because obviously it's Star Wars it's quite like a heavy thing to watch in terms of like how much death there is I mean I know most of us probably aren't too fussed because it's fictional characters and things like that but to me the battle scenes are some of the best scenes throughout the entire franchise I feel like it's got a good amount of like character um, development in terms of obviously Luke finding out like more about the fact that Vader is his father and the whole culmination in Spoiler their battle. Alert. <laughs> like, <laughs> the whole oh, culmination <laughs> of I mean come on if you've not seen Return of the Jedi at this point <laughs> that's like saying that's like saying Scrooge is good at the end spoiler alert <laughs> but I think there's just like the right sort of balance between like the good things that happen and then the bad things that happen and it just ends on a high for me it leaves at that point it leaves the franchise on a high note because at the end of the film you see everyone all around the galaxy celebrating like I watched it earlier and because it's on Disney plus they've had it like remastered and things and there was the really cheesy Hayden force ghost as Anakin and I was just like (laughs) (laughs) so that's probably like the one bad thing I'd say about it but there's the fact that like another spoiler alert the fact that Yoda eventually dies as well and that sort of gives Luke the push that he needs to go face Vader face Palpatine and just fulfill what everyone calls his destiny love it very passionate uh Kaylee let's hear a little bit from yourself as well so um though though I very much love Return of the Jedi. I would probably say it's one of my favorites of the original three. Um, the ending in and of itself, like I'm, I'm macabre, I'm miserable. I like sad endings, I like miserable things to happen in films. Yoda dying is like, it's, I love that bit because it's heartbreaking, you know, <laughs> as grim as that is. But it's, it's how happy things are at the end that throws me off for that film. I know it's like for families and, you know, the, you want happy endings and things. But for me, I think the way that they ended Rogue One is really what sold it for me. Because the whole way through the film, I was thinking, <clears throat> they're not going to survive. Like, in, if they survived, we'd know who they are in the subsequent films. They would be hailed as heroes, you know, for being able to complete this, this plan of theirs. So the fact that they actually did go through with it and were brave enough to, you know, spoiler alert again, <laughs> to, to, to kind of finish everybody off at the end and do it so emotionally and so beautifully, I was just like, I am sold on this film straight away. You know, it, it, it was brave of them. Um, but not only that, it was it throughout, it, it was just, I know that people say like, obviously it isn't the greatest in character study or character development. And some of the characters are a bit weak and they pale in comparison to the likes of Han Solo and, you know, um, Luke Skywalker and Leia and so on. 
but these characters were still fun and they were unique and original, especially the, um, you know, the blind uh, martial arts soldier. Um, I can never remember his name. Um, Donnie Yen, I think. It was it was played by Donnie Yen. Um, that was a unique, interesting character whereby it was still grounded in the force, but without it being like, you know, shoved down your throat, which is how I felt about the whole film. There was little snippets and references to what makes Star Wars great and fun for the fans. But it wasn't like, um, you know, a tick box of, do you remember this? Do you remember that? Do you remember this about Star Wars? Do you remember this about Star Wars? But when they did do it, they did it so well. Like the moment where Darth Vader originally comes, uh, first comes into it, the tension and the fear and the way it felt with his delivery was just it actually spent like sent chills down my spine. I was like, oh my God, it's Darth Vader, it's Darth Vader. And, and I don't get excited like that about Star Wars type things, but that film made me feel that way when, when you know, when Darth Vader originally came in, it actually excited me. And when it was done, oh boy, was it done good. It was beautiful visually. It was tense. It was scary. And, you know, you felt the full force of who Darth Vader actually was in that moment, which I think is what some of the other films just haven't been able to do, especially when you go back and uh, watch like some of the original ones. Darth Vader is cool, but he never felt scary. He never felt intimidating. He never felt like a, a ominous in any kind of way, but Rogue One nailed it pinned it he's only in it for a short moment but they got it so right and that was one of the selling things for me with that film okay alex let's okay. let's hear you I'm, argue I'm gonna, pick, I'm gonna piggyback i'm gonna piggyback just right off uh, what kaylee just said about the darth vader thing um i am the first person to say that the first time i saw that in the cinema i positively i i it was the best moment of my entire life like it was so amazing to see. Um, my only problem with it is that this happens, obviously, just as A New Hope is about to start, right? And he is a ripping rebels to shreds. He is, like, uh, you know, cutting them in half, forcing them up to the, you know, choking them, just being absolute badass Darth Vader that we, that we love and we love to see. And then a couple of days later, he's fighting with Ben on the Death Star and then so as cool as it was to see in Rogue One, I just kind of think that there was there was an obvious reason it was put there, and it was fan service. It was very much fan service because in the term in terms of can, canon and how things progress, that just does not make sense. Following into a New Hope, how he would be so powerful in that moment, and then go on and have like this basically limp sword fight um with another older man um now moving on to the last jedi because uh, i feel like i could talk for absolutely hours about the last jedi i think it's a sorely misunderstood film um i think that uh the uh, the rose colored glasses um is i like to refer to um, is what a lot of Star Wars fans... Now, I think the Star Wars fandom is possibly one of the most toxic fandoms to be a part of, especially currently. Um, you know, people are hating on the sequel films, just as people hated on the prequel films when they came out. I mean, and I've just learned recently that apparently, like, the Ewoks were like the Jar Jar Binks of the original trilogy, right? Like, people yeah. hate Ewoks. I didn't even know that. I love the Ewoks. I will admit that. I think they're great. But apparently people like absolutely hated that. 
um, probably didn't send death threats to Warwick Davis like people sent death threats to uh, the person who played Jar Jar Binks um, and, <laughs> or, or every actor who was in the sequel films. Um, uh, but yeah, so the first thing that I want to address about The Last Jedi is Luke's arc, right? So people say that um, obviously Luke as a person and as a Jedi is very optimistic and hopeful. And that's where we see him at the end of Return of the Jedi. He's just brought his father back to the light side um, uh, in the last moments of his life. He's saved the, he's saved the galaxy. He is, um, you know, he's got his sister. He's got his friends. You know, this, it's a celebration. And that's where we, where we see him. And then, obviously, in The Last Jedi, where we see him for the, for the first time since Return of the Jedi in canon... He's a very cynical, he's very old, he's exactly like Yoda was when we first see him on Dagobah. Um, and I understand that that is a very hard pill to swallow for people who idolise Luke and, and idolise his character in the original films. That's fair enough. But what people need to understand is that there's a 35-year gap between the original trilogy and The Last Jedi. A lot can a lot can happen to a person in thirty five years of their life. Um, so obviously the thing that makes him uh, exile himself onto Act Island is um, what happened with Kylo Ren at, at the Jedi Temple, um, which I think is told in a really sublime, cool way. In the kind of where we get to see different perspectives, uh, where we get the kind of Luke telling it from his perspective, but he's kind of lying about a few details. Then we get to see it from kylo's perspective where of course he sees it a lot more aggressively where luke is literally there's fire in his eyes it's like he has gone into that hut to kill him no other thought uh, process going on in that and then we get luke telling the final version which is the version that to is to be believed to probably be the one that happened where he ignited his lightsaber it was a, a it was a swift moment a moment that he regretted instantly the moment he did it. Um, and that that's the reason he went. And, and a lot of people argue that he wouldn't have done that. However, I think um, if you look back to Return of the Jedi, and this is um, when he's uh, in the in the, uh, the throne room in the Death Star 2, um, there is a moment where he's fight, fighting Darth Vader where uh, he is literally in anger like about to kill about to kill him basically like Darth Vader is on the ground he's like Luke's bashing his lightsaber down and down on him and it looks like he's about to and obviously he just he decides not to do that um so I don't personally think it was out of character for him to have this split second where he has seen visions that Kylo Ren is literally gonna destroy everything that he loves and it's that split second thing and yeah, it's an out of character thing to do, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, I think the thing is that Luke follows the same kind of trajectory that Yoda does. And that makes sense because like Master, like Padawan, like that that's kind of it, you know, that's how it works. Um and, and that's why I love it so much because The Last Jedi is about it's about failure and not being able to own up to the mistakes that you've made and it's about dealing with that and obviously Luke does deal with that and that's how his arc ends 
he deals with the fact that he failed um and he he like brings himself back into the force so that he can help the rebels escape um crate um by stalling uh, kylo and that is when the hope comes back because he uh through training ray saw that actually you know there is hope still there and that um that even though his personal opinion of the jedi and and, and the jedi being this uh, and the jedi and the sith being this whole cyclical nature of you know we get the good guys then the bad guys take over then we get the good guys and there's peace again and then the bad guys take over again and and that can always that always happens and that's what that's you know mainly why luke wanted to end that cycle that's why he went into exile um and then obviously through seeing ray train up he he realized that actually the cycle can end through different means and that's why he force projects himself that's why he could have he could have very well just flown to create and actually fought kylo but he didn't he did it differently and um it he, he did it kind of you know it was it was very passive. There was pacifism in the way that he dealt with, with Kylo in that moment. Um, and then everyone says how it's stupid that he died, but like, it takes a lot of power to force project yourself across the galaxy. I mean, that, you know, it's a big <laughs> deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that is for me in the last Jedi, one of the main things that is misunderstood is Luke's journey and Luke's arc. And I think Luke's arc from the original movies to the sequel trilogy works so well. And Ryan Johnson ends it so well. And also people complain a lot about Ryan Johnson and say, Oh, well, it's Ryan Johnson's fault that Luke ended up this way. And, and he's oh, not my Luke, not my Luke. And it's like, you've got to remember that JJ Abrams was the one that put him on an Island in the middle of nowhere. So Ryan Johnson had to do, with that, the best he could. And I personally believe that he dealt with it in the best way possible. Very passionate. Um, very passionate indeed, mate. Uh, last couple of thoughts from all of you. Uh, very quickly, favorite scene in that, in that, in the Star Wars film you've chosen and why. Very, very quickly, like just a this is my favorite scene. This is why it is like that. Should, shall I go? Uh, whoever wants to go first, yeah. Um, the uh, when Holdo 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 Game of Thrones. When Holdo, who is of course played by the wonderful Laura Dern, um, you know, does the the um, the light speed maneuver, as it's known in the universe as the Holdo maneuver, where she light speeds the cruiser through Snoke's star destroyer, and it is just. So it's the most beautiful moment. Um, the silence, I think there's about five seconds of silence and it is just like, you look at it in awe. It's so beautiful. It's a wonderful moment. You know, it's emotional as well because Holdo's sacrificed herself for the the, the remnants of the rebellion. Uh, it's just such a wonderful moment. Uh, Sarah? Uh, I'd have to say like my favorite part of Return of the Jedi is the end because it's such like a bittersweet moment where you can just see everywhere across the galaxy celebrating because they've been under this threat for so long and it's just like that split moment of happiness which they've probably been looking for for such a long time so yeah that's my favorite scene <laughs> perfect uh, and kaylee darth vader just yeah that the moment from the moment when darth vader emerges 
to the moment that Darth Vader is like no longer in the film, just that whole moment for him is it's just cool as sin. It's it's too cool to not pick. <laughs> End of that round. Oh mate, this is a hard this one's a really hard round to judge because I suppose none of you really went after each other. So it's more you all gave very like passionate speeches. Uh and it's hard, you know. It is very hard to choose. I'm not gonna lie. Uh I mean, Alex, you gave a really passionate speech about it. I mean, I'm not gonna be I'm gonna be the first person to say I don't like The Last Jedi in the slightest. But I know for a fact that Rise of Skywalker is worse. Uh, like like a lot worse. Um, I have been meaning to re go through and re rewatch um, the um, Star Wars films myself. Um, see, like for, for for me on each of these films, I'll, I'll say a little bit about what I think about all the films. So obviously, with the Last Jedi, the main problem I had with the Last Jedi is there's that uh, the, there's that bit in the casino where it, I feel like that's really unneeded and that. I feel like that's like it could the film could have been shorter. That's that's the main qualm I have with it. I don't have a massive problem with Luke. It's still not great, but I don't have a massive like other people do. That's not my Luke. I can't be asked with that stupid shit. Like that's not my president. Okay, cool, cool. I mean, he was voted, and you know, either way. <laughs> um, then when it comes to Return of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi is an is an actual it is a really good film um and i've never really looked at it kind of uh in the way that you you kind of described it there in regards to like you know the fact that you were saying obviously your favorite bit uh obviously isn't boba fett uh which is the first time i've ever heard that which is amazing i've heard a completely different version of it now where it's like it's the ending it's because it kind of closes in like obviously i'm i'm gathering from yourself like what you have as memories kind of closes a storyline well i like that passion towards that that was quite nice um uh kind of touched me in a soft way (laughs) (laughs) couldn't resist um (laughs) and then rogue one I, i like the argument that you were talking about how it's kind of completely different um and it's kind of dark and gritty in the vader scene obviously the i mean the vader scene is it's just one of the best things that's ever been put on screen like through star wars and obviously the ending's great as well like i've never really known a a disney kind of film i suppose other than infinity war as well to kind of have like a bleak really kind of bleak horrible ending where like everyone fucking dies um character development is good as well uh, and then, obviously, again, Alex, you, you did have a passionate argument. Uh, you all did, and it was all really good. And I'm finding it really hard at the moment to give uh, you uh, give to who to give a point to, because it is tough. Um, I think for me, because of the chat in regards to uh, memories, I'm going to give it to Sarah. Uh, I like the memories chat right there in regards to kind of you have this memory, and I think that for me, it's what films about is that you have this memory. Uh, that you always revert when you every time you watch that film, you revert back to it. Uh, and I liked the chat you had there. My personal favorite out of the ones that all of you said, uh, is Rogue One. I do like Rogue One quite a bit. Uh, obviously, the Vader scene's fucking awesome. Um, 
I was I was thinking I was wondering if any any of you was any of any of you were going to do uh, the solo solo film. Thought someone might. Uh... Um, I don't I don't have as much of a problem with it as um, I, I like the film. A lot of people do. I think it is fun. I film. think the main problem that people have with that film is the fact that it's not Harrison Ford. But like, if you get over that, it's actually a fairly yeah. good film. I think but... my my main issue with it is it's it, the problem is sometimes they're not needed. And I yeah. felt that the solo film wasn't needed. Um, yeah. You know, and, and like Sarah said, uh, with, with Return of the Jedi, it was the end. It was the perfect end. Like, it didn't really need much else. And I think if yeah. you're going to do Star Wars, mm. utilize the universe, but don't mess with the, 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 yeah, the original yeah. story. Just do something different. Do something separate. While Use the cool the, stuff, and that's it. While we're on the subject of Star Wars, before we move on to the next round, obviously, I know, obviously, yourself, Kaylee, said you're not, you don't know Star Wars. You're not like massively knowledgeable Star Wars, but in regards to what was released, in regards to what's coming soon, in regards to movies and TV shows, I don't know if everyone saw that announcement. Everyone's see that. Did you see that as well, Kaylee? No, no. Okay, well, I'll, I'll ask you what for, for the two for you two that seen it. Is it what's kind of what you're looking forward to the most out of out of or out of every last damn thing <laughs> uh, <laughs> i genuinely could not tell you what i'm more excited for i think everything is going to be just absolutely insane obviously kenobi yeah. but um i i, can't I, I just you. want i just want a hello there that yes the emotions i felt when it was um officially announced that hayden yeah. christensen would be back as that I, yeah, I, I, like I, I was like yeah. um uh, but also Ahsoka, I absolutely love Ahsoka. Yeah, I, yeah, that'll be good. Clone Wars, yeah. um, and Rebels, and I, she's one of my favourite uh, characters in the universe. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that series is going to be great. I was looking forward to the Patty Jenkins one, but after watching Wonder Woman, not that Wonder Woman's like an awful film, the, the new mm. one, the ninety-eight four, <laughs> it's not a great film. I, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still going through it in my mind a little bit. Like, oh, I don't know. I think with Lucasfilm direction, she'd be very good because Patty Jenkins is a great director. I think she she does really good films. She is, yeah, I, um, I do agree. And it's and and if it if it's to be believed that it's going to be Top Gun in the Star Wars universe, then it's going to be great. Oh, so they, got, I mean, if 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 that's the case, then I mean, Tom Cruise has to be in it. Like, <laughs> would you not like to see a Star Wars film with Tom Cruise? Like, he's short. In, he's short enough to be a stormtrooper. So. Wait, no, too short to be a stormtrooper. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's yeah, that is true. But then also, uh, will it conflict with his? Uh, I'm not bashing religion here. I mean, I don't really think it's even a religion, to be fair. But um, so would it conflict with Scientology? Like, you know, is is Star Wars banned in Scientology? Yeah. Mm, that's a good question. That is a good question. <laughs> if we have any Scientologists out there, um, please yeah, don't do uh, what you did to Louis Fru and stalk and follow me and and <laughs> fucking weirdos, mate. You are. You'll ruin think... him if you start to expose what Bradley's got. Fucking weirdos. They're obviously going to come for you. They are, though, man. It's just creepy. <laughs> okay, so you've all got a point now. So these last two are the. Uh, well, they're the, they're the big ones here, because uh, it could go into a speed round, which I think is gonna. Um, where's my little ding ding? Uh... Oh, that was the end of the ding. There you go, ding ding. Um, okay, so what we will do is, whoever gets this next one, will be 
immediately round to uh, through to the next round, uh, and they can choose to play the fifth uh, question, uh, fifth one if they want to get an extra point in the lead, uh, or they can step out and see uh, and help me judge, uh, and then two people go ahead to head. Uh, but we're going to jump onto one that I think is really good that I'm actually really looking forward to. Nice quick one here. Kind of what I want is obviously act, the two actors and obviously, you know, who one of the actors is playing. Um, bit of a pitch from both, all of you. And then we'll go round again from the time it did it. Um, the way round we did it. Uh, and then you'll say, why yours is a good idea. Why yours will... Why yours will do what the Joker did, basically, i.e. make a billion at the box office. We'll, we'll, we'll concentrate more around that. Uh, and then why the other one won't work as well. And uh, I want a certification from all of you. What your film is going to be, uh, certificate, you know, what's the certification going to be? Have a, have a think about it. No judgment here. If it's a you, there is massive judgment there. Right? <laughs> what if it's a Lego movie? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true. A PG Lego. Although movie. I'd like a like a Lego kind of Team America movie <laughs> where they're just like going at it like <laughs> I'm so lonely and sad inside. Um <laughs> Matt Damon. Uh, okay. Enough about Matt Damon. There's never enough you. about Matt Damon. We we love you, Matt never. Damon, really. You know, I know it's hard to live in the shadow of Ben Affleck, but um, Matt either Damon's way, best, Matt Damon's best role is still Loki in Thor Ragnarok. Well, actor Loki. <laughs> that, is, that is such a good role. <laughs> I completely forgot about that. Oh, that's really funny. Okay, Sarah won last time. So, Sarah, what you're going to do is you're going to tell me the actor, you're going to tell me the thing. So, the, the question is pitch the perfect Batman film. So, Batman has been done to fucking shit. But I will admit that this new trailer that we've got for The Batman looks fucking awesome. Great director behind it. Great actors. Uh, hopefully, we're actually going to get a 15 or at a push. I'd love an 18 Batman film. We're not going to get it, but I'd love like a, a Watchmen style of gore like kind of film. But um, so what you don't need to need you guys to do, Sarah's going to go first. Pitch me the perfect Batman film. So first, let me know who you want to play Batman. Uh, let me know what villain you're choosing and who's going to play that villain. And then give me like a synopsis of what the storyline is going to be. Um, go, Sarah. So I literally, like you three all know this, I was still um and iron about who I would want my ideal person to play Batman would be. Um, so I have gone for probably a weird choice compared to what most people would probably expect. And I've gone for Johnny Depp, mainly because he is one of my favourite actors and it could be a questionable decision made by me to some people. I'm not really that arsed. <laughs> um, I have my own feelings these are my feelings um so yeah johnny depp would be my ideal actor to play batman and my villain that i would go for again which is probably a villain that no one would really go for is mr freeze I'm and back. the 
actor who I have chosen to play Mr. Freeze is not Arnie. Oh man, that that, ne- that never needed to happen. It definitely <laughs> did need to happen. <laughs> That's like the best Sunday film ever. Um, but the actor I went with was Bill Skarsgård, who I don't know if people would know him as anything more than the guy who played Pennywise in It. But if you've seen him in Hemlock Grove, he is a phenomenal actor. And I think he would just bring so much to the role of a character that isn't necessarily that well-known or liked. Um, So my pitch, ideally, even though it would be a Batman film, would centre more around Mr Freeze, sort of the reasons why he became known as this villain because in comparison to people like the Joker, the Riddler Freeze didn't necessarily become a villain for reasons that weren't just looking after his sick wife and it would sort of just be like a bittersweet movie like you've obviously got Batman who could be the villain in the movie that's the sort of route I would go down because every Batman movie Batman comes off as the hero but I'd love to see it as Batman being like the villain side of things and the reason as to why he's trying to stop Freeze from basically saving his wife Awesome pitch, loving that, loving the uh, change of it. Uh, who who wants to go next? I don't mind going next. Yeah, yeah. go next. Yeah, that's yeah. Cool. yeah, let's do it. Uh, I just, I, uh, first of all, I just want to say, like, I love the sound of that Sarah. Like, I wholeheartedly agree. Mister Freeze is an underutilized character because he is, you know, he's conflicted, he's dark, he's all sorts of things. So it's an interesting picture. It's going to be a hard one to argue against. But for me, I think. Um, my villain would have to be the Riddler for the same kind of purposes as well. Um, Jim Carrey, let's face it, ruined that character for a lot of people. Um, and it's such a shame because the Riddler is a very complicated uh, character, a very complicated villain, and definitely uh, a match that is on par with the Joker. Whereas the Joker is like the yin to, to Batman's yang kind of thing. Um, the Riddler is... Uh, unparalleled in terms of intellect and smarts as Batman so that's why I've chosen the Riddler Uh, and for me the Riddler would have to be played by um, I I would I if I was going for an older Riddler I would go with Edward Norton Um, primarily uh, you know Edward Norton is a fantastic actor so I believe he'd be able to wholeheartedly um, bring the Riddler to life in the way that I envision it but also visually aesthetics wise he looks like he could be the Riddler he's got that thing about him um so I'd have the Riddler as my uh villain and then in terms of Batman I would go with uh Nikolai Costa uh so the guy that played Jamie Lannister um for me when you're choosing your Batman you can put anybody in the mask and it will look like Batman you can put anybody in the costume, it will be Batman. So it's less about who can play Batman and more about who can play Bruce Wayne. 
Um, so for me, I think Nikolai Costa, if you were to, you know, darken his hair, get him like uh, the right kind of like um, clothes and things like that, he would definitely be a good Bruce Wayne. Um, so those would be my two choices. Batman would be Nikolai Costa and then the Riddler would be Edward Norton. Um, so the actual movie pitch in and of itself, um, there is a comic book that I absolutely adore. Um, it's called The Joker and it's by Brian Azzarello, um, whereby it's a story about a henchman who is following the Joker around and, and, and seeing the world of the Joker through this kind of third person perspective. And one of my favorite scenes in that, that actual comic book is where the Joker is meeting with the Riddler. And the portrayal of the Riddler in that was so fascinating that I would love to see a movie with that Riddler in it. So he was, um, you know, uh, he comes out and he's, he's, he, you know, he's still got the Riddler kind of look. He's got a big massive question mark tattoo on his chest. He's got the green hat, the green like waistcoat and so on. But the thing that really sold me about him was that he was clearly um, like disabled in some way. I, you, I suspect it was some form of cerebral palsy. Um, but instantly that sold me about the character. So it told me his backstory without me really wanting to know too much, needing to know too much. And that's what I want to explore with my Batman film. So this character, I could imagine, you know, it had always been uh, downtrodden, you know, picked on for the way that he was, you know, picked on for his disability. And then from there he's become embittered, like embittered, sorry, and no longer likes the world as a result of the way he's been treated. So this is his way of getting back. So I imagine the Riddler being something of a, you know, domestic terrorist. He is a character who hates society, hates the fact that he's always been an outcast as a result of that, um, and has thrown his life into the things that make him comfortable, which is reading, you know, riddles, figuring things out, math, you know, all these kind of like uh, intellectual properties and just building up his intelligence and utilizing that what he knows in order to get back at society. And the ultimate person that he wants to kind of play around with at first he doesn't want to mess with batman batman isn't on his radar he's just another person he's just you know just as bad as everybody else but as batman starts kind of coming down on him and figuring out and trying to solve his uh crimes the riddler then makes it into a fun game whereby he is messing with the batman and wants to uh you know just get one over on him you know he's seen as the smartest uh superhero there is he wants to outsmart him, be smarter than him. And it just became like, becomes like a game of intellect. I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, like Death Note, like the original anime and so on, whereby the whole purpose of the story and the whole purpose of the, the series is it is an intellectual battle between these two um, opposing characters who are on par with each other. So it's how they outsmart each other. So my Batman film would be along that kind of vein. It's less about action and more about how they go about outsmarting each other. And that would be my my chosen Batman film. Wow, I mean, you both just absolutely smashed two amazing pictures, at which I would want to go and see both those fucking films. So, I mean, Alex, you've got a big old mission here to... Uh, I know, right? To beat. I mean, I don't know about I you, do. mate, but... <laughs> Wow, both of those are really good pictures. I would I see am both of them. screeching inside my head right now. <laughs> what is going on? Okie dokie. Well, rub hands together. I hope I've got something that I can pull out of the bag here. Um, so I'm gonna start off with obviously um 
who I would cast in both uh, the Batman role and the villain role. Um, Batman, uh, I uh, for both of these characters, actually, they're both seasoned in the superhero genre. They've both been in, mul- uh, well, actually, one of them's been in a few superhero movies and one of them has been in uh, a, a single singular superhero movie. Uh, so uh, my Batman would be Josh Brolin. Um, I just think he absolutely embodies the hard kind of, you know, um, I think it would be very much kind of his demeanor as Cable in Deadpool 2. I know obviously that's kind of jokey, but um, I feel like the way he holds himself as Cable in, in Deadpool 2 would definitely be how he would hold himself as, as Batman. Uh, but obviously he's played Thanos as well. Um, so he knows how to be kind of, you know, uh, paving the line between moral and immoral and that kind of thing. Um, and then for my um, Batman film to work, the only villain that it could be is the Riddler as well. Now, um, and that uh, that will become clear when I explain what the plot is, but I want the Riddler to be played by Jake Gyllenhaal, who, of course, wonderfully played Mysterio in Spider-Man Far From Home. I thought he did an absolutely great job, um, completely unhinged, um, which I think is is definitely one of the, the main um, kind of, uh, personality traits of the Ridley's very unhinged, very kind of unpredictable. Um, but the reason I, I say Jake Gyllenhaal is because uh, last um, night or very recently I watched uh, Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the first time, uh, I was blown away by it. I thought it was a great film. But in Nightcrawler, he is an absolute creep. Like, full on creep. And I feel like if he could have that kind of characterization for the Riddler, I feel like it would just work so well. And it's that kind of, it's that kind of, um, you know, how that is how it would work. Now, moving on to the plot. Um, Batman always does the saving. He is always there. He always saves people 99% of the time. Um, you know that is that is the whole point of Batman. That's what we love to see Batman do. We love to see him save the day. Didn't save his parents though. Well, apart from his parents, okay. That's why Sorry, I, said- I couldn't help it. Couldn't <laughs> help it. Just there on a plate for me. Continue that's why, though. That's why I said ninety nine percent of the time. Okay. Yes. What if Batman was the person who needed saving? Okay. Um, the working title is Batnapped. Um, (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, basically the entire premise of the movie would be based on the riddler kidnapping batman um and making this elaborate game um of cat and mouse and of uh of deducing and of trying to um you know find out where batman is and to save batman before the Riddler goes to the highest of heights and kills Batman. Now you're wondering, oh, who could possibly, who could possibly be there to try and work out how to say Batman? Well, I would like to introduce you to my cast. I've cheated a little bit here. Um, <laughs> of um, main characters. Uh, so actually Batman wouldn't be a main character in this film. Actually, he wouldn't be in it that much at all. Oh, well, um, uh, okay. 
he would be in it. Uh, there would be point, you know, like um, I like the idea of it being quite modern where like Riddler will have filmed him quite a lot, like saying things, making Batman like say riddles and stuff to the camera. And the, uh, they have to kind of try and deduce from, from that and that kind of stuff. Um, but who better to try and save Batman than his own children? The <laughs> Gotham Knights, everybody. That's right. <laughs> The Gotham Knights. So um, I want the main characters of this film to be in no particular order. Um, Post-Robin Dick Grayson. So Nightwing era Dick Grayson, uh, who I would like to be played by Timothy Chalamet. Um, Barbara Gordon as Batgirl, who I'd like to be played by Thomasin McKenzie, who was so wonderful in Leave No Trace and Jojo Rabbit. Um, and then I would like a very new, a very um, inexperienced, kind of just been found by Batman, Jason Todd, who would be the current Robin, played by the wonderful Caleb McLaughlin from Stranger Things, um, who is kind of about 19 years old now. So still, it, it would still be a fairly new Robin, fairly inexperienced, um, not really fully in the know, fully trained um, by Batman just yet. It's kind of new and fresh. Um, and it would be down to them three to come together uh, and try and save Batman. They've all given me really three amazing pictures. Uh, I don't even know how to even start to think how you guys are going to address uh, each other's uh, plots. But Feel free to, uh, to, uh, oh, uh, before we do jump on, uh, I'm gonna just go around really, really quickly. Uh, starting with Sarah, what would, uh, your film be? Uh, what's the certification for your film? I would say mine would probably be a 15 or 18 because I'd want to go sort of similar down the route of Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, but not as central on yep. main characters so there's still like story going on in the background and everything like that okay but mine, mine would probably need swearing in it <laughs> <laughs> perfect love it um kaylee uh i would i would sit firmly in the 15 category um i think uh the way that dark knight was able to um divert at the very last second before they showed anything gruesome it's just so perfect for a Batman franchise that you, you wouldn't need anything more than that. And especially with mine being a battle of wits as opposed to uh, action or, or violence and things mm. like that, I don't think it would need anything more. Um, I would stick firmly within the 15 category. Yeah, and then Alex? I'm a people pleaser, okay? Um, so we're doing, we're doing both. We're having a family-friendly edited version, <laughs> but we're also having an 18 plus, an 18 version because we want to please everybody. We want it to make a billion dollars at the box office, but we also want people like you who love seeing Nightwing beat the shit out of people and they're just all bloody and and um, and almost dead to so, have a good time as well. So question then on my side quickly is with your one, you got a 12, I'm going to have a 12 one and a, an 18 one. Yes. So is it going to the 12 one's going to be extremely edited then? Um it would just be less gruesome. Okay. Uh feel free to tear each other's films apart if you can. Um I can't think of anything to be honest. <laughs> uh 
if I was going to be very honest about the Mr. Freeze uh, dealio, um, I think it might be too like too much like Joker. I feel like, um, you know, it would be like I said, it would be nice to have that that kind of being able to see it from a perspective of an underused, underrepresented villain that we don't really see much of, uh, because obviously the one time we did see him, it was a god awful and that's probably the reason they haven't used him since um but i do think like with joker that is where we saw the kind of having to try and sympathize with the villain try and see why they've became they became the villain that they became um like bruce wayne kind of being that well uh you know the waynes uh thomas wayne was kind of i suppose you could say um villainous to um to the character in Joker. Um, I I just feel like it might just be too similar beat to beat to, to Joker. Any rebuttal in from that at all, Sarah? Well, whilst Alex does make uh, a fair point that it would be potentially similar to Joker, look at the commercial success that Joker has had because it's something fresh, it's something new. Imagine what it would be like with a villain that hasn't properly been portrayed on screen before with an origin that unless you have watched the diabolical Batman and Robin you're not going to know who who he is and why he's classed as a villain mm. so it'd be good to have sort of like the background into that and then obviously see the darker side of Batman and why he's trying stop freeze from doing what he's doing I don't, I don't see it as like i don't i would i think i would prefer to see that as like a hbo max series rather than a film i feel like it would work in long form and it would make it so that it would have that kind of edge difference than joker i now, don't know I, I disagree i disagree with alex there i think i think it would it would comfortably fit in a you know feature-length film and the you know uh, freeze is a polarizing character and you know he, he as sarah's pointed out he is a perfect he's the best character in the the batman series to be able to question batman's morals and batman's motives i mean everybody can sympathize with freeze and people the main reason why joker did so well is people sympathized with the joker but i think more people would potentially sympathize with freeze he's a man that's trying to save his wife's life uh, and ultimately save you know people with a similar medical kind of condition that she has so it's a it's i think it's a i think it would work explicitly in a feature film and i think there would be a lot of people that'd be interested to see freeze's side of things and see the freeze backstory even though the joker was done tried and tested doesn't mean it's not going to work a second time now with all of your all your all your pictures are really good so to throw a spanner in the works something that you haven't prepared for that i've been waiting to do this um you have one more cast member uh that has just been hired by your um, casting director or producer. And you have to tell me where, uh, which character he's going to play. Uh, and that's the uh, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, he's going to play himself. <laughs> no, I'm, jo I'm joking. You could uh, go with that if you wanted. That's a ballsy <laughs> move. That is. <laughs> 
Wait, no, I actually am. No, no. Just before I go into this, because I've actually had a bit of a spark. Um, I feel like he would be quite good as Commissioner Gordon. I feel like he would be able to hold that quite well. But no, we're we're going with Nicolas Cage playing himself now. Okay, this is going to you're going to do Nicolas Cage as himself. Batshit crazy, where like the Riddler uses the actor Nicolas Cage to be like the presenter <laughs> of the, it's like it's making Batman being kidnapped into a reality show, and Nicolas Cage, the actor, is the presenter. Wow! And there you uh, go. That that's that's that, that's that's incredible. Sarah, who are you gonna who who? Where, how's Nicolas Cage gonna come into your film? Who's he playing? Freeze's wife. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that your answer? <laughs> Um, I would probably have him as, oddly enough, Alfred. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Because I feel like with the way that I'd want, like, my option to go would be Alfred would almost try and be, like, the voice of reason. But I'd have it as Nicolas Cage just being like have his own personality. I wouldn't give him any lines. I'd just let him say whatever he wanted to say and just roll with it and see what happened. <laughs> Kaylee, what have you got for me? I, I too would have gone with Alfred. Um, I would have had him as the, not necessarily the voice of reason because Batman is the, the voice of reason in my, my particular story, but I would have him as like this kind of, uh, I don't know, um, like <laughs> with, with Alfred, I'd have, because Alfred is always, polarizing and says things that make Bruce think uh makes Bruce think outside the box who better to get somebody to think outside the box than the the, the whimsical nature of Nicolas Cage he would like throw spanners in the works like you've just done with with Bruce where Bruce is trying to think like the Riddler and then it would take someone as eccentric as Nicolas Cage to be able to really you know uh think more like a madman <laughs> essentially last points then to close it off because they're all very good, but I'm starting to get a rough. Uh, it's, it's still sharp. I think this might be the this might be the decider for a lot of you, and I know it's quite hard to think. Who is directing your film? Oh, uh, I, I I would go with Nolan because he's he, he the Dark Knight. He's done. He did such a perfect job with the Dark Knight. There there are a few things that obviously you know little tweaks that. But as a Batman fan, that was one yeah. of the best batman films today and he really encapsulated what makes batman great the detective realistic this is what gotham would be like in the real world that's what i want my film to be like i want it to be real world i'm going to ignore um you know dark knight rises but you know just 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 the dark knight we'll go with that okay no one can do it that way like that and sarah who are you gonna i would go with timber and just because we all know that Johnny Depp and Tim Burton have such a great working relationship. They produce some incredible movies together. But I'd really love to see what he would do with Bill Skarsgård as Mr. Freeze. Okay, and I think Alex. it'd be a really interesting concept. Um, I think it would probably be um, Denis Villeneuve um, because he's done it before. He made Prisoners. That's like the mystery kind of edge of your seat tension all the way through. And I feel like he could do it again. And De- Denis Villeneuve always hires the best cinematographers who will, who will make the film look impeccable. Last point then, uh, just a very quick one, like 
choice. I'm going to go around again. Out of all the choices here, whose is the worst, worst one? <laughs> Start with Sarah. <laughs> whose is the worst one? I don't really want to say. <laughs> um, Alex, I mean, do you want to go? Oh, oh st- mm. <laughs> really... okay. yeah, everyone yeah, feels okay. so uncomfortable. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, I would say for the reasons that I've already stated, Sarah's, because I feel like it's just too much like the Joker, personally. Okay, uh, Kaylee? Uh, mine's less of who's the worst and more of like, I really liked Sarah's pitch and I would def- I love I love Mr. Freeze, so I definitely would want to see that film. Uh, I'm, I'm, Batman's more of a lone ranger in my opinion so when it comes to the wider family of Batman I'm not a fan so I would have to say Alex is, I'm sorry Alex and Sarah are you doing girl power are you or are you going after Alex oh, I why love making you, what? <laughs> I love making you feel so awkward mate we're, we're in the round there <laughs> we're in the round there while I love like both I don't, I, I couldn't even name it to be honest I couldn't. Fucking hell, well, you've all brought your A-game here. Like, <laughs> you've made my job fucking really hard. Even throwing the Nicolas Cage thing in there, and you've all come out with a fucking answer that I actually wanted to hear. Although I was hoping that one of you would say Joker for uh, Nicolas Cage. Because <laughs> it's the one thing that we've never had that, like, you know, realistically, we should have had, like, a... Uh, uh, a slapstick a, Joker. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, just a Nicolas Cage joke, or even like a Willem Dafoe joke would have been awesome as well. Mm. Uh, that would have been really good. They're all really good, and honestly, they're really hard to choose. Uh, that's what she said. Um, oh, do you know what? It is really tough. Uh, I'd, I Honestly, I would like to see all your films a lot. I'm just running through them again on my notes. Um realistically they've all got a really good cast really really good cast um now i'm gonna have to narrow it down through the cast all the cast really good but i'm trying to think who uh, that's the only way i can narrow it down because the, the there's all the storylines are really good and i want to see all the storylines actually uh i, I would honestly pay for this it's it, um, um, <laughs> it's really fucking hard because you got i, I wasn't i honest i was expecting like in, i was expecting not that obviously i wasn't expecting good from all of you uh but like i wasn't expecting uh that level of like you guys have probably thought about this question i can tell for all of you um <laughs> yeah i kind of i kind of want to see um i kind of want to see uh the disabled riddler a little bit i'm kind of intrigued a little it's do you know what i tell you something you all uh, there's not there's not like a second or third you're both joint second like there's no like that's how close it is on this round you just all of you just came and just gave it uh the i think uh thing that maybe not even cast i think the cast is great as well i just want to kind of see a disabled kind of uh riddler i don't feel like i've got a good riddler uh and i would like that's why i would like to see your riddler as well and then again with Mr. Freeze, I think you all chose really good villains where you could have gone through the route of just choosing the Joker and you would have just plain lost because like it's fucking <laughs> been done too much. Could have chosen the Penguin again. That's kind of been done uh, a little bit too much as well. 
Um, I'm trying to think of Batman villains now, and I can't think. Um, there was there was Zaz that I thought of as well. Oh, yeah, that would be so good. Z- yeah. A Zaz, a Zaz like um, like you know the film Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A Zaz yeah. like a Batman film that mainly focused around uh, Batman and Alfred, who are like basically like Brad Pitt and. Or like no, um, like Robin, who's like Brad Pitt, who's like a new person, and Batman's been doing it for years. Like that mm-hmm. kind of seven thing, and Zaz is the murderer. That amazing. That would be amazing. That that would be one of my choices. I would also have liked to have seen someone maybe look at um, the Mad Hatter villain that's in the games. Uh, yeah. I've never seen anyone go near that, and I, he, I think he was actually quite um, prominent in Gotham. The TV show is he actually? It was, it was, he was quite good in actually. I quite enjoyed it. it the portrayal. Okay, I, I do need to get round to the Gothaming. Uh, honestly, strong points on all of you. I'll start with yourself, Sarah. The Mr. Freeze idea is absolutely great. Kind of, I liked what you said at the beginning, turning the tables. That got me like instantly. Like, I love that. Where seeing um, Johnny Depp as a a baddie uh i love that that's really good i mean probably doesn't need to have that at his moment in time in his career being looked at as a baddie <laughs> soz couldn't resist um turn the tables great loved it love the cast of uh mr freeze as well because that's really interesting um because he, he's um got that kind of smart kind of vibe behind him do you know what i mean um uh, and he, he's got the the uh, the uh, sexy appeal, I'd say as well, because he is, you know, he is he is sexy. I think definitely. Uh, I, I can admit that. Not my kind of type, but yeah, can fully see the appeal of how people are getting fantasies over Pennywise. Uh, I mean, the forehead's a bit big, but you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> my head just goes in weird, weird fucking like circles. Um, Alex, I loved uh, loved your casting. Casting choice was great, especially for the uh, Gotham Knights. That was really cool. Uh, and I just liked how Batman basically wasn't in the... I liked how all yours kind of thing, like Batman wasn't in it. It's not prominent. I think that's good because we get a lot of like Batman's always there, always Batman, Batman, Batman. And for uh, all of yours, it was a bit kind of like he weren't the center of attention. Uh, I like that. But all well done. Uh, so Katie, you are through to the final round uh, anyway the speed round uh and it's down to these two you can play next round if you want you're more than welcome to to get an extra point but uh realistically you guys obviously alex and sarah you need to put your a games into this to uh do it nice quick round uh we'll try and make it like five or ten minutes so we can get through to the speed round because we have been on here for a while and i don't want to take up any any more people's time uh, and it's going to be like a three-hour podcast i don't think anyone wants to, <laughs> to speak for three hours um but thank you for listening if you are still with us at this point it's been fun uh just want to take a quick minute before we jump to the next one like i did last time uh if you are a key worker or you know you were again you work for the nhs want to thank you very much for everything you've done during lockdown You've absolutely been amazing. Uh, just want to give a big thanks out. And hopefully, if you are a key worker and you are in the middle of a shift, uh, hopefully this is getting you through the shift. Um, but again, uh, I'm sure everyone agrees. Thank you for all your hard work during this mad year we've had. Um, let's jump straight into it then. So uh, uh, let's say we'll, you're all playing. Um, uh, 
Uh, and then obviously if it comes down to me having to choose between Alex and Sarah, then I'm just going to get Kaylee to help me. Um, <laughs> for anyway. Um, okay. So there's only really one answer to this uh, and only review, none of you have got it, but that's just my personal opinion. So what is the, uh, what uh, is the best movie with an alien or aliens in it? So it doesn't have to just be in the alien franchise in regards to uh, alien aliens, alien three and that other one that we don't talk about. Uh, that's like the <laughs> uncle that comes around and we don't need to sit near him. Um, yeah. Uh, basically a, the film has to have an alien in it uh, of some sort. Uh, that's uh, an alien from space, not an illegal alien. Uh, just to clarify that for anyone, uh, you Trump supporters out there. Um, uh, oh, always come back around to politics. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to start off with uh, Alex. Uh, and then we'll go <clears throat> Alex, Sarah, Kaylee and then we'll just jump kind of straight into it, basically. Um, say, uh, with this one, um, say why you think your one is the better film again and why the other one isn't as good. Uh, and obviously, if you don't like the other one, fully think it's an awful film, then you can fully rip into it if you want to. Because uh, this one's not more about feelings uh, where you come up with the idea. Someone's already made this film, so it's fine. Starting with then, I said, Alex, uh, let's go. What have you got for me? Um, so this isn't just the best film with aliens in it. It is arguably the best sci-fi movie of all time. Um, and that is Denis Villeneuve's Arrival. Um this film when i first watched arrival um i remember i was i was in the room that i'm in now i was watching on the telly um and i was literally just in awe the entire time it is probably the most like single-handedly the most clever film i have ever seen the screenplay is just phenomenal um you've got you've got to remember is that arrival is actually um adapted from a novella uh called story of your life i think it's called um which is only 40 pages long um and this film's obviously pushing two hours um and just the way that it has been adapted from the film is just incredible um, but to bring it back to the argument about it being the best film with um, with aliens in it, um, I believe this is possibly one of the most realistic interpretations of how we would deal with alien with with alien contact. Basically, now one thing I love so much about Arrival is the fact that it's not like Independence Day; it's not an invasion. It's um, you know, the thing with Independence Day and things like that is the aliens come, they're a threat, they have to be dealt with, so they go all guns blazing and they are trying to kill the aliens. That's not what happens here. That's not what's happening here. And that is, you know, it is a rival. That's that's the point. It's it's not an invasion. It's more of a of these aliens are making themselves known to the human race because, well, for a, for a particular reason, which obviously we find out throughout the film, um... And that's what I love so much about it because it really just knocks the whole kind of aliens coming to Earth thing on its head. Like it's just a completely instantly just a different way of looking at things um, and a different and and that I suppose that's what what sci-fi is about. It's about 
it's about altering your perspective of of something and how you see things and how you perceive things and and i think that's why i love it so much because it's so original and um i love the idea of aliens being uh these in this inte- these intelligent beings coming down to earth knowing that in the future that that we are going to help them so they are coming down to earth now to tell us about that to help us basically um and it being like a symbiotic relationship rather than just instantly going alien bad guy kill it, it's so much more it's it, the the film's a, a real slow burn and and i love that for it and you know what amy adams is the best i absolutely love amy adams she plays the character so well um and you know on the surface it is about this first contact kind of thing but the journey that Amy Adams character goes on during this film is again, just completely insane. Um, and so wonderful. And she portrays that emotion so well, you know, finding out the information that she finds out and having to be okay with that and deal with that in her own way and grieve in her own way. And it's just perfect. It's the perfect film, five stars all the time. One of my favorite films of all time, one of the best sci-fi films and the aliens are genuinely unique. It's just so good. And you're not telling me that those pods in the sky just look so cool. It's the coolest thing. So cool. Who's going to go next? Who wants to introduce the next film? Oh, is it going to be Sarah? Is it going to be Kaylee? Who's going to go? I'll go. Go on. So my alien movie is like at the complete opposite end of the spectrum because... I've gone for something that you probably wouldn't class as an alien movie, but since I practically like live and breathe musicals, it's not Mamma Mia. Um, I've gone for the Rocky Horror Picture Show because first and foremost, the cast is absolutely stellar. You could not go wrong. You've got Tim Curry in one of his most iconic roles you have got Susan Sarandon as well and Meatloaf like he has like such a cameo but it's still amazing you've got the soundtrack which is incredible like the time warp come on as soon as you hear that initial like beat anywhere all the middle-aged white women get up and start dancing. And Jack Black. And Jack Black. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's just, it's so good. The whole premise is the fact that, like, Brad and Janet driving, they get a flat tire, they go to this big-ass random house in the middle of nowhere, and then you've got Richard O'Brien answering the door with like the most sinister sort of look in his eye. And then it just goes absolute haywire from there. And it's just like one of the most quotable movies as well. Like I can't, I just love it so much. it's, uh, I've, I've never seen the film myself. You kind of you are oh. selling me to watch the film because I'm kind of intrigued a little bit. Uh, Kaylee, what are you choosing? 
Uh, this was admittedly like by far the hardest one to pick an answer for because with uh, alien films on the whole, it it depends on what you're in the mood for as to what mm. is the best alien film. So are you after a horror film? If you're after horror, then you've got to go alien. If you're after a thriller, it's going to be The Thing. If you're after an action film, Independence Day. And if you're after a comedy, it's going to be Mars Attacks. Um, but I am partial definitely to a good drama. Um, so for me, I've gone with the most dramatic kind of uh, alien film I could think of, which was District 9. Um, District 9, for me, it's, again, it challenges that idea of what aliens are in the traditional kind of sense. And I think um, the other two guys as well have also picked films that are outside the realm of what your cliche alien kind of things is. Like Alex said, the alien invasions is what you think of when you think of aliens, you know, a threat to humanity and so on. Um, Arrival challenges that. Rocky Horror Show challenges that in a very creative kind of way. They are still a threat, but it's like a, it's an unusual way of approaching it. And with District 9, again, it challenges that idea of aliens. They, It's not only like a challenge of the idea of the alien invasion trope, but it's also a um, societal study as well of how humans would treat um, people from another area, not only just as like other beings from a different world but how we as humans also treat you know illegal immigrants or immigration or you know refugees and so on how society treats them so it's not only just a uh, sci-fi film but it's also a social commentary film as well Um, so I've chosen District 9 because I think it really does challenge people's thoughts in a creative way that is accessible for people that probably wouldn't want to watch something that is about in, like you know at the core of it about immigration and so on but they just want a simple sci-fi film you know that they're, they're, they're being entertained and also learning at the same time so for me it's definitely district nine and fight go crazy um i would probably start off by saying that like personally i i don't really kind of if i'm like thinking of oh, I want to watch a film with aliens in it. I don't instantly think of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I don't, like... I, I If I'm going to, like, be itching to watch the Rocky Horror Picture Show, it's because I want to watch a quirky, um, homosexual musical because that's fun and, and great to watch. But I don't necessarily go, oh, I'm watching it because they're aliens. Whereas with Arrival... Um, that is, you know, it is the main part of the movie. It is the contact with these aliens and and Amy Adams, you know, attempting throughout the movie to understand why they're here and why they've they've come to contact us, and her realizing about the whole, um, you know, these aliens experience time, um, you know, at all times they experience the past, the present, and the future all at once, um, and obviously through that, where Amy Adams also through translating the language can start to do that herself um and you know just that being the central focal point and her relationship with the 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 aliens that she makes contact with um is is the main part of the movie and that's i think that's why you would choose that as a film that has you know you go and watch that because of the aliens 
I, I, I like I adore Arrival. I think I, when I watched that film in the cinema, I for a good solid fifteen minutes afterwards, I was broken. That film was. Uh, yeah, I think you'd hard hard pressed to be moved by that film. But the problem with Arrival is, has it not been done before again? Like with Contact and uh, things like that, where where you know it's. It, it is a re- basically a reimagination of that kind of film, even if it is based on a, on a book so so much. But um, and also with Arrival, it is very slow, very slow pace, very dull at points. Even like not not obviously from my perspective because I did I adored it, but for your common kind of uh, watcher, you know, your average person who probably just wants to go in and watch a good alien film are they going to be entertained enough to stick by the whole film and see it out to the end? Or are they just going to switch off because it's boring, slow, dull? But Rocky Horror Show, it keeps you, even though it's not your traditional kind of alien film, it keeps you hooked and keeps you going. Um, and same with District 9, there's enough of a action and enough going on to, to, to keep you engaged and keep you watching and keep you going to the end of the film. I would personally argue that the the payoff at the end of Arrival is more than worth what waiting through that slow burn, and um, you know because not only is it us finding out about um, uh, the character that Amy Adams plays, it's not only about finding out about her trauma and how she has to deal with that, but she's also saving the world at the same time. She's stopping um, the the Chinese president i believe i've not watched it in a while but um from you know setting off the the, uh, missiles um and then it's also that thing as well of realizing that the aliens aren't here to to kill or to assimilate or to do any of that kind of stuff they're genuinely coming down because they know that um that the humans are going to help them in in the future so they want to kind of you know you scratch my back, I'll scratch your back kind of thing. Um, and I really feel like those moments of finding out those those key facts and those key twists in the plot, I really do feel like the build-up is, is incredibly worth it. Sarah, what is your two cents on both of these uh, other choices than well, yours? One of the reasons why I absolutely adore Rocky Horror is you go into it not even realising that it's a film about aliens. You just think it's some random people that live in a house in the middle of nowhere and they just like singing and dancing and making men out of various (laughs) other people's body parts. Who doesn't? (laughs) So it's it's almost light-hearted and quirky in that aspect because you're just not expecting it to end the way it does where Tim Curry's just dressed in stockings and suspenders and the house is like shooting off into space again to go back to his home planet so he can be tried for the fact he's made a man and it's just to me it's just a really light-hearted movie that you can go into it's not long it keeps you gripped as well the fact that these songs like most alien movies don't have that so it's something that makes that movie unique in sort of the alien genre i, w- I would say as well on 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 the the uh 
fact as well is how how long has Rocky Horror stayed a cult icon? It's stood the test of time and also same as well with District 9. That is going to be a alien film that is remembered for a very long time. I, Arrival. I also, no, mm. I would argue that Arrival will definitely um, ascend to that kind of uh, where it is held up in complete high esteem as being uh, a really good sci-fi movie. It's fantastic, um, and it's really hard to to argue against either of these films because I think, in this sense, it's less a case of bringing down the other people's films and being able to big your own film up. But I think with the, with the rival, it's one of those films that you have to have seen it to know how good it's going to be and to know how good it actually is. But there are not many people that have seen it. It is still an underrated film and an unknown film, whereas Rocky Horror for decades now it's been you know a popular film that still sees people going out to the cinemas dressing up enjoying it that way and then for district nine there it's you know there are a lot of people that enjoy that film and it does transcend a lot of tastes and a lot of um you know there's a bit of something for everybody in that in that film i just think arrival it's so good but it's underrated and not many people are going to remember it and not many people are going to know it, which is a tragedy, um, don't get me wrong, but uh, it, because of that slow paced nature, um, I think it just pales in comparison to the likes of District 9 and uh, Rocky Horror Show as a result of that and that alone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I think everyone, this is so hard again. Because it's basically just uh, uh, the problem I have is I've not seen the Rocky Horror Picture Show, so I can't really comment on anything about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, I have seen Arrival, but it was so long ago. I remember that Hawkeye was in it. I think, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's so yeah, bad, yeah. isn't it? Thing is, I like the director. Um, in all Any honesty, yeah, really like him. Blade Runner uh, twenty forty nine. It's an amazing film, absolutely amazing film. It's one of the best things I've ever seen in the IMAX, Uh, minus Watchmen. Watchmen's the best thing I've ever seen in the IMAX. Um, uh, I mean, I'm not going to choose yours, Katie, because you're already through. Um, I like District 9 anyway. District 9 uh, is just an incredible film. I remember seeing that in the cinema for the first time and getting some um, just mad uh, shock from it. It's just a shame that the guy... uh, has not been uh, allowed to make the alien film that he had planned. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, the director is Neil Blomkamp. Is that his name? Yeah. yeah he has yeah. like artwork uh, for an alien film, which is basically set straight after Aliens. And it's got an older uh, Ripley and an older, can't think of the guy's name, Hicks, Hudson, Hudson, Hudson. Um but Ridley Scott heard about it and got upset and said he doesn't want that to happen because Ridley Scott is jealous of Aliens uh, because it's a better film than Alien. Um, <laughs> Anything but, would have been better than Prometheus. I mean, come on. Fucking hell. Not, see, Prometheus is bad, but you know, what's even worse is Alien Covenant. Like, what the fuck? Like, do you want to finger my flute? Oh, my God. <laughs> so bad. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. So back to thing. So yeah, love District Nine. Um, it's a shame that Elysium is kind of a bit of garbage, in my opinion. Uh, I enjoyed it. I like Chappie personally, but I like Diane Wood. So uh, <laughs> you know, I think you're freaky, and I like you a lot. Um, you can't go wrong there. 
Um, the problem I'm having is I, I know I should be going off the, the basis of the debate, but the problem is I've not seen Rocky Horror, so I can't really do anything with that. That's my problem. And that's that's down to me, so, like, I'm sorry. And that is down to me. I've got to give the point to Alex just because I've seen Arrival, and Arrival is very good. I've not seen Rocky Horror, and you made a good argument, but I don't know what you're, ta- I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And that's bad on me. You should me. watch it. You should I, watch I'm, it. I mean, you definitely should. It. I'm, I'm down for doing it. Yeah, definitely. A couple of beers, and I might be able to dress up, like... <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you would definitely be the type of person that would dress up as Frankenfurter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, let's get, let's get, that is happening. That is some happening. suspenders, I mean... a corset. Let's get some lippy on you. <laughs> That's what Brad's been for Halloween now. Yeah. Sounds like, uh, sounds like my normal Thursday night. <laughs> um, yeah, enough of that though, because I know my dad listens to this podcast. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> we're not going to get into that uh okay sarah you can help me judge now yeah uh, i need to get a little timer up so you don't get long on these ones you don't get long on these ones so it will be a case of oh, for fuck's sake one second my fucking hair <laughs> goddamn sick and tired of long hair can't wait to get rid of it um okay let me get my timer up where are you, you little bastard? Stopwatch. Is it stopwatch? I work terribly under pressure as well, so this is going to be. <laughs> I'm trying to think. How I am they... exactly the same. I don't know how long they give on screen junkies. I feel like they give like 20 seconds. 20 seconds. Like what? 20. No, it's like 20 seconds to like open. Like say open you're. Debate. This is my okay. pick. Uh, da 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 And then like you. And then like you get another 20 seconds to rebuttal each other. Okay. It'll be like what? It'll be 20 seconds each. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, because you, uh, some of them they've only got uh, choose between this film and this film so you have to as soon as I say what I say it's the fastest person to shout out okay and then oh, we'll Jesus. go from there okay to date what is the best Marvel superhero film uh, it would be Thor Ragnarok really hmm. I, 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 would, I would go with uh, uh, Endgame Okay. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, so, Alex, you said it first. You got 20 seconds starting from now. Uh, Thor Ragnarok comes after Thor The Dark World, which is potentially one of the worst Marvel superhero films. Uh, so the, there wasn't really much expectation. However, we got Taika Waititi, who is a wonderful, creative, incredible comedic filmmaker. He is so wonderful. And he, br- he br- uh, breathed and life. And done. <laughs> Again. There we go. You'll get, you'll, get another, you'll get another 20 seconds just to have your final little thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Avengers Endgame, are you ready? Go. Okay, so um, obviously, what can be better than every single, pretty much every single Marvel character all coming together as one at the end to fight Thanos? It's just, it's, it's, it's like reliving um, the, return, the, the Return of the King from Lord of the Rings, but just in a Marvel format. It's that epic. Okay, you're done. Alex, you've got another 20 seconds to final, final little thoughts to try and get in there. Okay. And go. I just want to say that 
even though Endgame is one of the best films that I've ever seen in the cinema, uh, it does have an incredible amount of flaws, which Thor Ragnarok does not have. Um, Thor Ragnarok is a near perfect film. It's got a great screenplay. Uh, The cast is incredible. It's not too overcrowded. um, And it is just a a funny, incredible, wonderful film. that explores so much good things. (laughs) There we go. Uh, uh, Last three seconds and go. Okay, uh, so yeah, Thor Ragnarok, it was great, um, but it was just, um, the, 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 the villain and the bad guy just wasn't good, she, she wasn't great, she paled in comparison to Thanos, who is the ultimate, like, uh, you know, bad guy that challenges your ethics and what you think about, um, whether you agree with him or whether you don't, he was kind of like, Done. ah. <laughs> Sarah, help me out here, mate, because like, they're two really good films, <laughs> I think the argument, mate, help me out here, Sarah. <laughs> I mean, who had both... the better argument? I want to say Kaylee. Like, even though Thor Ragnarok and Endgame are probably two of my favorite films out yeah. of the entire yeah, MCU. Yeah, I do agree. You guys chose two really good picks. Um, the, the I went thing... through more emotions when watching Endgame. <laughs> the thing, the thing, the small thing I'd say that gave it would be uh <laughs> i think alex admitted kind of saying oh it's the best thing i've ever seen in the cinema sort of thing <laughs> well lost your, lost your tiny little bit but, nah, I but i did say that it that it does have a lot have of flaws. flaws you did you did say that as well but i've got to go for kaylee as well so she's got it's three, three two at the moment there's still plenty to play for now this is one you have to be fast on guys so i chose these two films because it was the first 15 I saw in the cinema back in Australia and these two films were playing at the same time and I had to decide which one I went to go and see uh, and I was happy with my choice okay Tropic Thunder or Pineapple Express Tropic Thunder Pineapple Express <laughs> okay so Alex you're going first again with Tropic Thunder why uh, it obviously better film 20 seconds <laughs> um, never wait, 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 wait. now Never has a film uh, that's so satirical about how Hollywood works within itself been so incredible and so wonderful to watch uh, all the way down to the most problematic point of the film of, of Robert Downey Jr. doing blackface. Um, it's just such a funny film and it really does um, sort of look over and how Hollywood works. Done. Okay. <laughs> Pineapple Express. You oh, no. stoner. Okay. <laughs> And go. Um, I had to put Pineapple Express because I haven't seen Tropic Thunder. So. Um, but Pineapple Express, uh, it is it is proper stoner comedy, but it is done right. Uh, Seth Rogen and uh, geez, the other guy, um, they 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 bounce off each other. They've got a working relationship that mimics their actual relationship in real life, and you see it on screen. So and done. Last twenty seconds, Alex, and go. Tom Cruise's best role argument over <laughs> you still got another 50 seconds mate nah that's all i need to say <laughs> <laughs> okay kaylee 20 seconds go um um oh god it's been so long since i've seen this film um but yeah it's 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 a it is a funny film and even if you're not a stoner you can still enjoy it for its comic like comedy and humor it, it it's like a old school Cheech and Chong film uh you can see where its roots are and its inspirations and they've done a very good job of it of modernizing those um, types of films I don't know about you Sarah but I feel like Alex won that yeah <laughs> yeah 
Sarah, do you think? I haven't seen either film, to be honest, so... I'll give it to you, Alex. That was good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. do, do you know what? Do you know where you lost me, Kaylee? Is where you like Seth Rogen and the other guy. <laughs> I oh. can't remember his name. God, James what's his Franco. Name? James, James Franco. Franco. That's it. Oh, oh god. <laughs> I choose to forget him. To be fair, he's a uh, he's not he's not one of my favorites. <laughs> okay. Uh, so three three is that? Is yeah, it three, that's three? the yeah. one. Neck and neck. Neck and neck. There's a. Uh, um, I can add one more in there if need be. Uh, actually, no, it should be fine. Okay. Best movie soundtrack. Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Baby Driver. Oh, oh, my God. They're like two completely different sides of the table. Love it. Okay, so you said Return of the King first. So you're going to get to go. And you're going on now. It just, it sends chills down your spine. It's nostalgic, it's emotional, it's epic. It's perfect for the film that it's being used in. And I don't care who you are. I think everybody can enjoy a song from that franchise and from those films, whether it's background music or, you know, just straight up listening to it while you're uh, done. Okay, Alex, and go. I mean, whether you like it or not, Baby Driver is literally molded around its soundtrack. Edgar Wright made it so that the soundtrack would fit the film perfectly and it does. Every beat of that soundtrack is there for a reason. It fits the film perfectly and it is like a, it's a feat in modern technology. It's just absolutely insane. Uh, I, I love and it. done. Kaylee, bring your A-game here, both of you, because this <laughs> is going to be the side of you both done really good ones so far, but bring your A-game now. Okay, and go. I mean, when I think of movie soundtracks, I think original scores composed specifically for that film, created for that film, made for those scenes and unique for that particular film or show or series or franchise or whatever. Uh, Baby Driver is just a collection of songs that fit a film. Okay. Um, uh, oh. End. <laughs> End. Uh, Alex, and go. I couldn't disagree more on that. I feel like you know, um, every beat in every song, it, it, you know, whether they're walking to it, whether they're driving to it, whether he's changing his sh stick shift to it when he's driving, every beat of every song just fits to every moment and every beat in the movie. It is so clever. Probably the most clever soundtrack and fit to a done. movie ever. Fuck, mate. I don't even... That's hard. That, that was uh, hard. That was a hard one. That was a hard one because... <laughs> so this is the thing is... In regards to movie score, you've probably chosen the best movie score um, there is. Uh, I mean, the fucking bit when Rohan shows up is just absolutely mad. And, and then Baby Driver, yeah, and then Baby Driver is fitted around the uh, soundtrack completely. Um, Sarah, what, who would you choose to make my job easier? I would have <laughs> to go with Kaylee and Lord of the Rings, just because. It is original music, like the point that she made, whereas with Baby Driver, it is just songs that could possibly relate to a certain thing happening in the movie. It's more oh. a test of editing than something. I fucking <laughs> hate this choice so Wait, much. Oh, oh, I just wish I could say, like, two more things. Well, no, I hate <laughs> this choice so much because, like, both, they're, they're, both of them are, like, my some of my favourite movie soundtracks. You did, you did say soundtrack, didn't you? You didn't just say original score. You did say soundtrack. Did say soundtrack. I did yeah. say so, soundtrack. Right, okay. There we go, then. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck's sake. Okay. Uh, what is it? 3-3, three, three, is it? 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did say soundtrack. So I think Alex has got to get it, actually, to be fair. Oh, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Curse you, uh, I can't Clinched wait. Clinched it back just <laughs> This is gonna. This is gonna be. This is my most favourite one uh, ever. Um, okay, you gotta be quick on this one, guys. You gotta be fucking quick. Home Alone one, Home Alone two. Home Alone one. Oh, you both knew where you wanted to go there. I thought there was gonna be a bit of a battle. There wasn't. Uh, I don't know who said said what first. To be honest, um, Alex said two first. I think did he? Okay, Alex. Yeah. Uh, Starting now. There are not many uh, film sequels that are better than the original film. Home Alone 2, Lost in New York is one of those films. It it uh, adds to the formula of the uh, of how well the first film works and it builds on it and it makes it even better and more grand and huger. And Piers Morgan, Pigeon Lady. <laughs> <laughs> okay, coming back to you, Kaylee, and go. Though Home Alone 2 is a good sequel, uh, it is literally just a carbon copy of Home Alone 1. Without Home Alone 1, you would not have the success of Home Alone 2. It introduces all your characters. It's more Christmassy. It's even got the the neighbor next door with his uh, sle- you know, his snow shovel and everything like that. It just without that, you wouldn't have Home Alone 2. Okay, Alex, last little bit here. And go. Uh, Home Alone 2 set in New York, which I believe is just such a a, a much better place uh, to look at. Um, I also think that the emotional weight of uh, Kevin's relationship with the pigeon lady far is, is far superior than that with the old man in the first Home Alone movie as well. With the doves. The doves! The doves! I've heard nothing about Trump yet. Like, how <laughs> the fuck has this gone on said? Kaylee, Go. Home Alone 2 just has a little bit too much going on it. It's a bit convoluted. There's too many characters. There's too many things going on. Home Alone 1 is simple, concise, to the point. You got Kevin versus the uh, the, the, the sticky bandits, and then that's it. Not too much else going on. You've got the shovel guy, but that's about it. Um, and plus, ah, no. <laughs> okay. The oh. sticky band. They're called. They're not called the sticky bandits. They're the in wet the first bandits. They're called <laughs> the sticky bandits in the second one. Uh, wet bandits. They're wet bandits. Do you know what got me? And do you know what? I actually kind of prefer. I, I kind of sometimes. I talked to a brother about this the other day, and he prefers Home Alone Two. I'm like that. Like the thing that clenched it for me was a case of. Uh. Well, if you don't have, uh, oh, my phone just, where have you gone? If you don't have Home Alone 1, you don't have Home Alone 2. So, yeah. So, 4-4, four, four, is it? Wait, four, I can't four. do, I can't four, do four, yeah. man can't do math. What would you have said, Sarah, out of chance? Um, I mean, as great as both movies are, the main problem I have with, like, the original Home Alone is, why would you spend that much money decorating your house if you're not going to be there for Christmas? <laughs> like, why? Why would you do it? Yeah. That is uh, something I never thought of before. Okay, I've got one to do here, but I might change it up because my brother gave me one the other day and it is such a gem of a question, okay? I'm going to do it. So shout out to my brother, Ashley. 
thank you for giving me this one. This is the funniest question for a long time. So obviously we have the movie Twins, where Arnie and Danny DeVito are twin brothers in real life. But what Arnie film would you replace Arnie with and put Danny DeVito in the main (laughs) (laughs) main role? Oh no. Running man. (laughs) Oh wait, wait, wait. Oh god. Oh oh I'm just gonna running man. Terminator (laughs) 2. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're gonna start with Kaylee. So, Running Man. Danny DeVito is the Running Man. I just, I just got this mental uh, image. Of, and you ready? Yeah. Go. Just, just picture Danny DeVito in that yellow spandexy suit, running <laughs> through all of these challenges, going up against like Sub Zero and all that kind of stuff. It would just be hilarious. Like, um, just, just, just the visuals of him in that suit, running around, stomping. Okay, Alex. Uh, Danny DeVito in Terminator 2 <laughs> Judgment Day. And go. You aren't telling me you do not want to see Danny DeVito as a fucking meme killing cyborg machine. I do. But also just walks out really, really kind of with really bad posture and just goes, I'll be back. Like in his Danny DeVito voice. I just feel like that would be perfect, honestly. I, I, and that's all, I, that's all I'm going to say on the matter. Okay, Kaylee, final little bit to, to clench this win if you can, and go. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the the romantic uh, trying to picture those romantic scenes um, with where you know where Arnie's with like his ex wife and all that kind of jazz, but just swapping it with Danny DeVito, this tall, beautiful blonde lady, and Danny DeVito just have to have to stand on like a soapbox to be able to reach a kiss in her, and then alongside like juxtaposed next to the tall female lead as well okay last bit alex and go um you know danny devito never really been in action films before it would be interesting to see how that works would he do his own stunts who knows um but also the idea of sarah connor being just massively terrified of danny devito just gets me so happy i just like love that so much okay that that clenches the winner right there yeah yeah <laughs> As soon as you said it, Terminator, I knew I'd lost. It's not even the, ter- <laughs> the Terminator thing is good. The thing that clenched it there. So with the, with the yellow spandex, that's fucking hilarious. And I'd love to see Danny DeVito in some yellow spandex. The image that got me was when he's walking towards her in the mental hospital and Danny DeVito's there. <laughs> she's scared of Danny DeVito in a massive leather jacket. That got me so much. Uh, well done, Alex. Yeah, Thank well you done. so much. You deserve oh. that one. <laughs> well done, guys. You all absolutely killed it today. Um, yeah, fuck. I don't know what else to say. Uh, this has been a very long podcast. I think we've been doing it for... When do we start? Like, eight? Like half past eight, yeah. It's been a we've while. been doing it for about two and a half hours, guys, and uh, we've managed to keep the conversation going. Uh, it has been obviously a pleasure for all of you to uh, join me. Uh, now, I know obviously Alex, I'm going to plug Alex quickly. He's got his own podcast. Yeah, um, that's going to be uh, coming out in February, uh, the rank list. Stay tuned. It's going to be it's going to be great. Yeah. And uh, you can obviously catch him on Bolton FM. When, when, are, you, when are you normally on? Uh, Bolton FM, 2 till 4 p.m. on a Sunday afternoon. 
So you talk about you do all the films and stuff. Do like that. Do all yeah. the films stuff. Yeah. Um, do either of you two have anything to plug, or are you just chilling during this massive lockdown that we're in? Chilling. Chilling. <laughs> yeah. And Sarah. I'm still working, so. Yeah. I just I just feel really fortunate that I can do that. I know a lot of people can't. Yeah. No, completely. Well, it's been a pleasure for all of you to join me today. Um, it's and, been an absolute pleasure. That was so fun. Yeah, this is fun. We will do this. Uh, obviously, we'll have you guys on again doing movie debates with other people because I've got some people as well that are passionate that want to join as well. Um, are we doing Winner Stays On? No, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, what we do, what my plan to do now is you've got you've got one. You, you've got one win. So, and there'll be a leaderboard basically throughout the year. And at the end of the year, we'll find out who has the most wins and that person will get my approval because I can't afford anything else. Um, <laughs> but thank you for listening, uh, everyone. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, hopefully you've been able to get through these three hours. Um, I think it's been fun. We should be able yeah. to do another one of these next next month. I'll we'll try and do the movie fight thingy, movie debate. Sorry, not movie fights. Can't copy Screen Junkies. Movie debates <laughs> once a month at least. Uh, me and JP are going to try and do a film review. We're not too sure yet, but we might try and do Dead Man Shoes. Good show. So, you know, on the cards. But, yeah, thank you very much. Um... Hiya, and thank you for listening uh, to that podcast just there. Um, that was so much fun. For us to continue these movie debates, though, we do need suggestions. So please, on the comments, on the messages, on anything you can get in contact with us, let us know what you'd like us to debate next time in regards to questions. So you've got a feel of what the questions will be there. If you have an idea on what question you'd like to hear next, please comment, please send us a message. Uh, and if you'd like to be part of the movie debates or any of the podcasts, please send me a message. Please send us a message. And we'd love to have you on there. Again, thank you very much for listening. Uh, you'll support is everything thank you thank you thank you